Trigger warning. The following episode contains discussion about suicide and mental health as portrayed in the film Midsummer. We believe the film and themes involved are important to discuss, but are aware that not every listener needs to hear this discussion. We have provided timestamps so listeners can hear some jokes, many topics, and soda chat, but not stay for the main feature if they so choose. Listener discretion is advised. Well, Brent, we are here again for the last of our Junita Vacation movies. Yeah. With, with the funniest one of them all. <laughs> uh, and today we are talking about Midsommar or Midsummer. Uh, I did try to look that up, by the way. I want to get that out of the gate right here. Uh, I feel like they, they mm-hmm. say Midsummer in the movie. They a do few times. over and over again. When it first came out, I knew obviously as an A at the end, but it is it's Midsummer. Like there is no such thing as a Midsummer, but everybody knows mm-hmm. there's like a Midsummer. Yeah. And uh, and then they say it over and over again. So initially I thought anybody that said Midsummer was just a douchey douchebag. Yeah. A douchey gushka gushka. Check those outtakes, guys. You'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> no one knew that the Swedish chef was there for everyone. He's, he's a good mediator. He really is. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he just gets in a fight and just calms everybody down. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, so initially, if anybody said Midsommar around me, I would, first of all, I'd be like, I think it's Midsummer, but I would be like, in my head, I would just roll my eyes. The biggest. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you friends out there listening to this, you probably said it. But here I've been all, all <laughs> month being like, Midsommar, because it rhymes with Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Bar. Yeah, it's perfect. perfect. Yeah. So it just fits. So I did look up. The only thing I could find uh, on that note was uh, an interview with the director, Ari Aster, and someone mentioned, like, that he didn't say the word, but someone mentioned, like, you directed Midsummer, and he just, like, you know, went on with it. So I assume mm-hmm. that is how you say it. Oof. All of that to say that... This movie, you know, takes place uh, amongst all the vacation movies we've been doing on here. You know, we started off with like uh, a local beach sort of situation. We mm-hmm. went to summer camp for a little while. Then yeah. we went to Florida to Vista Del Mar, which is fantastic. Wonderful. And then now we're going across the seas from America. Yeah. We're going over to, to Europe. And I had wondered if you have any European countries. You had mentioned at a previous episode that I think Ireland was a big one for you, which is Aye. also for me. Yeah, I would love to go to uh, to to Ireland. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fun. Uh, maybe Scotland as well. You know, that'd be kind of cool. Um, I think uh, touring through London a bit would be neat. Uh, mm. You know, I just want to see some cobblestone streets. Hell maybe, yeah. Uh, you know, grab a fucking beer, dude. Oh, yeah. Grab okay. some fucking tea and then mail it back to the fucking Boston Hut. You're going to become Boston just to uh, go to, to England and talk that way? That sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> Yo, you got any Zemas here? I'm trying to get fucked up, though. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think Sweden and maybe, which one is it? Uh, Iceland. Oh, which yeah. Which is, uh, is, is supposed to be the green one. You know, I uh, we know that from Mighty Ducks too. That's right. Absolutely, yeah. We know Greenland of the knuckle is... puck, and we know of the the, <laughs> the Iceland Greenland switcheroo from Mighty Ducks too. Those are the two things. But uh, I think those are those are probably the uh, the big ones. I would say maybe maybe go through Germany, um, just straight up ghost Andy Preller like he did me <laughs> when he came to the states. <laughs> just go there to not see a friend. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. That's a good yeah. idea, man. Germany uh-huh. seems great. Andy talked about bread there, so that's a, mm-hmm. a a big no for Brent. But I was like, oh man, yeah, I want to get some good German bread. You hear mm-hmm. me? Yeah, I wanted mm-hmm. that. You can drink some beer there. 
Yeah. 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 And then and we'll have our carbs both ways. Man, yeah. that sounds great. Like, dude, can I get a fucking Bud Light, dude? <laughs> can we get a fucking Bud Light? And I'll be like, dude, can I get a baguette or whatever you call it in Germany? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, dug, we dug the baguette into Bud Light <laughs> and then throw it in a harbor. We don't know what we're doing here, dude. We're <laughs> severely depressed, dude. <laughs> America, wear Canada's pants. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, uh yeah, I'm with you. Ireland sounds really great. London, I've always been wanted to go through. I've visited Paris before, and then people talk about Paris and France in general being full of rude people, but I honestly the only rude people I found there were stupid fucking Americans. Yeah. Uh, so the the French actually seemed pretty great. But uh yeah, uh I definitely want to go to Germany. Uh we're actually going to Italy at the end of the summer, so Wow. Uh, I'll be going there, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. We're going to like Venice and Florence. Uh, I'm only going for like a week. Amanda's going for two weeks with her parents, so uh, okay. that'll be a good trip. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, I've always thought like Ireland, Scotland. I have a lot of mm-hmm. like family history from there, so that seems like really cool to visit. So yeah, I wondered for you as well. But um, I guess we have we have some overlapping countries. We could do a trip. We could. Do, you want a backpack? Should. How's your back I've, doing? Um, well, not great, but you know. <laughs> Maybe there's like a recumbent backpack oh, or something yeah, I can get, like you know, that. just like lay on it. Uh, it's like reverse planking. I just lay on my back <laughs> flat, well, just float through a, a yeah. place. You put some Ooh. VR goggles on, you you can travel anywhere that way. Oh my God. Oh that my sounds God, great. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll just lay in bed next to each other with VR goggles and hold hands and just yeah. frolic through the meadows of Sweden together. <laughs> yeah. Man, so, what a lovely so, sight. <laughs> One of our wives walks in there, and it's just like us, like kicking wildly on a bed. She's like, "Why don't they have pants on?" Oh my god, you don't need them in this field. Get out of here! Yeah, I need the movement. That's right. Well, it sounds like a great trip we're planning. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about it, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, "Let's get into this bitch." So we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent, and welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Where today, as we mentioned, we were talking about Midsummer. Midsommar. What do I want to call this episode? That's the question. I don't know. When you said, welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, in my head, <laughs> I was playing it back as, uh, welcome to Let's Talk About Later. I don't know oh, why, wow. but I so replaced the word stuff way. with later. This is the first time it's ever happened. Only took 309 episodes to get there. That's pretty good. Where I got confused about the... <laughs> Our own show title. Name of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! This is yeah. this is all uphill from here, though. Uh, it has to be. It has I'm to ready be. to fall right down that some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brent, uh, I believe yes. today that you have a special thing for us. Is that is that true? Well, I've I've got a, a couple of special things. Before I forget, I definitely want to shout out our friend. Uh, I'm just going to assume we're friends. Uh, Tilly Bridges, uh, her Hell hardback yeah. book, Begin Transmission, The Trans Allegories of the Matrix, uh, comes out today as of this episode's airing. Uh, but Stephen and I, we pre-ordered, we got our books Hell early. Yeah. And uh, to my surprise, and it, it was probably in the description, but it's a hardcover. I got, I a, soft, I got a soft one, but I think, really? I, I think I ordered it specifically that way. Oh, okay. When I got mine, I started stroking it. Now it's... Oh. It, <laughs> That's how it got hard, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is great. And I was flipping through here. Steven, this is just, uh, it's like 180 something pages, 181. Uh huh, not bad. Uh, 185 after acknowledgments. So uh, yeah, this is a, a, a speedy read for people who are not me. Right. Um, this will take me between three and a half and 17 years to complete. Oh my God. Very slow reader. I'm looking forward to those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, like you do like a, a chapter a year. 
mm-hmm. and we just like discuss it over a long period of time. It's a good way to keep that book in the the zeitgeist, though, you know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. in a pristine condition. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just laminate the pages as I go. But uh, it's it's a very cool design. I love the uh, the bunny logo on the yeah. front here. You Kick know? ass. Yeah, it's Simple. great. Um, but uh, yeah, so shout out to Tilly and uh, congratulations on this book. It's awesome that uh, she's Amazing. able to to put this out. And uh, again, like you know, I, I'm I'm certain that fucking. Uh, Keanu Reeves is listening to this episode. Oh, yeah, probably. Dude, just put a quote on this thing <laughs> that just says, whoa. People will love it. It'd be great. It would be pretty amazing. I did see yeah. she posted something from one of the uh, directors of the, the Matrix. I think it was Lily, who who mentioned basically the uh, the underlying theory of this book that uh, that Trinity and Neo are one person. She mentioned about, Lily had mentioned about casting them, and she's like, looking back, you know, we weren't out as trans, but there was that underlying mentality. And mm-hmm. uh, looking back, she's like, I 100% see that we were casting the same person, like opposites of the same coin. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, that's amazing. And, uh, and her book is coming out at a great time, Tilly. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to reading that. I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I haven't mm-hmm. read her threads in a long time about this. So, uh, And I'm curious what, what's been expanded upon. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's such a cool story and such a great theory. And, uh, and I fully subscribe to it for The Matrix, and it makes it so much more rewarding. So, yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that the countdown has finally ended. We have that book in our hands. It's very awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Goddamn lootly. It's uh, whenever she's been on the, the podcast previously, which was uh, just two times up to this point, mm-hmm. uh, she's touched on a lot of things, but she hasn't really had the chance to really like get in depth on those just right. because she had so much she wanted to cover, uh, which is great in and of itself. But this is more of a deep dive exploration yeah. of that. And in particular, on the uh, the back of the book, it uh, details exploring the uh, the colors, the way that color is used in the movies, yeah. which is something that I'm very interested in revisiting. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. Steven, I've got a new soda here. I was at the, uh, uh, I guess I mentioned this in the outtakes, but I went to a convenience store uh, earlier this week and I saw a Coca-Cola varietal that I've not seen before. Oh. Coca-Cola really been getting in the game of why? You know, <laughs> that's a what? good game for them to get into. Why? 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 What? Why are we doing this? Why? Fucking Coca-Cola, dude. Yeah. Like what? Do they know? People like Coca-Cola and then they also like Diet Coke. <laughs> and then also like people fucking like Coke Zero. And now we're doing this. Wow. Why? <laughs> Those flavors. Those are the ones. So, so uh, yeah, I've, got one, one I've got one here that says Ultimate Limited Edition Coca-Cola Creations XP flavored. And it has a League of Legends uh, logo. There's so much the happening here. with that. What? It, it's a lot. It's like every possible word is on this fucking label. Like, but it's, it's Windows gold. XP? <laughs> I think XP is an experience points for okay. the League of Legends game. See, I'm um, totally lost. That video game, yeah, not so. This not is for wild. Me. I don't know what XP flavored is supposed to be. Yeah, but I didn't know what dream flavored or space flavored was supposed to be either. Totally. So, and you did those, and they were not very rem- right. memorable. You know what I'm saying? Like, so let's crack this bad boy open. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! This was, this was fighting back. Oh yeah. my god. Man, that was corked hardcore. That was hell yeah. That dude. was hard corked, man. Man, depending on how this goes, I might need to be corked. You know what I'm saying? Let's try this. <laughs> All right, there it goes. The sip. First swig. Hmm. Well, they did it again. <laughs> Mediocrity achieved. <laughs> I don't. I don't get this. I don't know who this is for. You know, like is it just sweet like, to be sweet again? 
kind of, but like, I don't know. Like, I was worried initially about like bringing a Coca Cola back on this because you've recently kicked the habit. Oh, true. So it's like, is this going to spiral Steven out right, into a, right. a Coke frenzy? And I'm like, no, of course not. No. These have not, these mostly have not been good. I think maybe one of them was okay, but like, this is, this is utterly skippable. I don't uh, even know what this flavor is supposed to be. It also, it has like gold label, which when you first brought it up and I didn't know what it was called, uh, I, I, it reminded me of when growing up, my mom used to get like diet caffeine free. Caffeine free. Yeah. And I, I, I'm like, you took all the good stuff out of it. I don't understand why you'd even have it at that point. And it was, it always mm-hmm. grossed me out every time I would try it of one she had, it was so gross. So that already, like even that, that label kind of threw me off maybe made me just not want to taste good things again in my my entire life uh well yeah you won't have to um because i'm (laughs) sure this won't last very long it seems like the the coke limited editions are are uh uh, fleeing the shelves pretty quickly Mm. i feel like mountain dew has a better hit rate for their um varieties right whereas like coke is like oh we made this do you want it like we have a palace of it (sighs) My coworker's son made us all macaroni art. <laughs> Do you want this? Do you want a necklace? I'm just going to throw this on the track. That's I'm just going to throw this on the track. It's just a tax write-off for Coke. <laughs> yeah. That's all they're doing these four. More or less, yeah. David Zaslav It's like, hey, you know what? Make this and throw it away. Get yourself a write-off. Did you, uh, can you tell me what flavor is it all? Is it just sweet? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of just tastes like uh, Coca-Cola, but lesser a little bit. Mm. Like, uh, I don't know if watered down would be an accurate uh representation yeah. but um i don't know it's just it's not not memorable you know it doesn't have strong enough of a flavor like some of the other ones tasted like strawberry or not was it strawberry marshmallow and then i don't know i don't yeah, remember what else it was they've but. all been so weird i don't really understand mm-hmm. them um i'm trying to look it up right now for people like uh talking about like what it actually yeah. tastes like and uh, I don't know. It's just it, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to be for me, though. You know? Yeah. Not, That's the other thing. Is thing. They make it so difficult to find out what the, the flavor component actually is mm. instead of just being up front with it and be like, hey, this is cherry Coke. You know what? Cherry Coke rules. And it tastes like cherry. It could be psychosomatic. Could be one of those things. Where right. It's like you told me what the flavor is. Therefore, I will taste that flavor. That's but, crazy. Yeah, it's I don't crazy. know what XP flavor is supposed to taste like, you know? The second you said that, I was reading this little article blurb, and it said, uh, what What do you think it tastes like? Well, what do you think it should taste like, based on what it's called? And they said, when I first tasted it, I tasted grenadine syrup, like I was sipping on a Shirley Temple, so like a cherry kind of mm-hmm. added to it. But then someone in, uh, in his group said, no, it tastes like bubble gum. And once they said that, he only tasted bubble gum. So he's like, it's mm-hmm. almost like it got in my head once I had a flavor in mind, that's what it tasted like. But do you get either of those? No, <laughs> it, it kind of just tastes like Coke, but like a a slightly weaker version of it. Yeah. Hard to describe. I'm not good That's at not this. That's not my favorite. My, my palate is very much like, is it edible? Yeah, you really do. You're pretty That's, simple minded on the on the food. <laughs> just in <the> front. <laughs> <laughs> well, my rat, pappy man. called me a wet head. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad you'll be sipping on that the whole show, though. That's nice for you. Yeah, I I can't wait. Enjoy. Food. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll stick around. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, did you want to get into uh, some other mini topics as well? 
Sure. Does that sure. sound good? Uh, Hell yeah, I dude. can start us off if that's cool. Please, yeah. And then uh, we'll get into some of yours. So um, let's see. I have a list here going of some of my watched things. So um, I'm going to mention uh, mid-90s. I watched mid-90s Jonah Hill's movie. Did I mention that on oh, the show yet? No. Uh-uh. I don't know why, but I always forget. Uh, so <laughs> mid-90s uh, came out a few years ago. Jonah Hill made it. It's uh, obviously takes place in the mid-90s. It's about a bunch of like skateboarder kids. Do you remember this movie coming out? I, I assume you haven't seen it. I, I've not seen it. I've seen the poster quite a few times. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I just came across it on some streaming service, and I added it, or I re-added it to that one, because I think I'd like switched around from one service to another. Right. Uh, but uh, no, I've, I've not seen the movie. Did you initially come across this because you were watching Midsummer? And you're like, let's let's go mid for mid. I, w- <laughs> I didn't even connect that. They're both A24 as well. That's wild. Huh? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to say that. Yeah. I just figured they're a good double feature. Of course. You know, basically the same structure, <laughs> same sort of feelings, tone, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah. That, that if, if gravity uh, <laughs> plays a factor at all. Yeah. You there know, you go. That makes sense. Uh, but it's uh, it's cool. It's like um, it's a cool nostalgia burst. It's like I, I feel like this is made by a kid who lived in the 90s, which is absolutely is. But it uh, that that feels more real than just making something for like a quick buck. It really does feel like a, a passion project of his. And uh, the main kid is really great. He's young. Uh, he's on the poster as well. And I don't know from anything else, but uh, he fits that kind of like skater punk. All his friends, I think, are mostly just like skater kids. I don't think they really acted in anything else, but they all have like a realness to them. Um, the script feels kind of loose and and just allowing things to go. And uh, the movie is shot in a like four by three aspect ratio as if it was made Ooh. in the 90s, like for TV. And then mm-hmm. they do that like skater thing, you know, where they'd have that like crazy fisheye lens and stuff. Like there's a oh, one of the like group, Beastie Boys video. Yeah, right. Totally. One of the group yeah. is filming during it. So he's making those skateboard videos with his friends. And it just feels really authentic. Like uh, um, even though some of the things are a little they're a little rough to watch kids go through, like there's some sexual things. But kids do that. Right. Like so it's like weird as an adult to watch like and they're young, like 13, 14, you know, 15 year olds, whatever. Uh, date and and figure things out and drink and fucking smoke or whatever all the stuff they want to get into but that's exactly what kids do right so uh, i guess he got some shit for that but at the same time i feel that that's a really accurate representation of teenagerhood and that's a lot of people don't get that so uh, Mm -hmm. i thought it was pretty rad i don't remember what i ended up watching it on i think it was on max when i watched it Uh, but like you said it's it's available on that right now so uh, but I would recommend it. It it, it went by really fast. Um, it came out in 2018. I just saw that too, so I, I couldn't believe I took five years to finally watch it. But um, what? It's an hour 24, dude. So fast. Love it. Yeah. Oh my god. So it doesn't we, linger. Is it possible for him to uh, get an award for that? <laughs> just that for alone be, for being respectful of time. <laughs> That's smart. God damn. I do like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross did the score, which is awesome. Holy shit. Yeah, so he got all you the You mean good the people. guys who were doing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant yep. Mayhem he got soundtrack? them first, right. Wow, these guys are prolific. <laughs> I wonder what else they've done. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. I would recommend it. Uh, it's called Mid-90s, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty great. That's so awesome. I think I came across this uh, a few months, or I guess at the beginning of the year when I was watching the Before Trilogy. And uh, this movie's poster was in line with uh, some of the other ones that I looked up. I think when I pulled up the Just Watch app, it said viewers also watched, and that was included on one of them. And I thought that the the kid from, I think maybe Boyhood, was the Mm. same kid from mid-90s, which was related uh, via director and Ethan Hawke to 
the before trilogy so I, oh, a little okay. bit of a, a rabbit hole to, you, yeah, yeah. to get to that one but uh yeah it does sound interesting i love that it's sub 130 on time Hell very yeah, respectful right? you know why yeah. keep it long if you don't have to <laughs> uh, but it, it sounds like it's it's something where like the that running time works for it yeah it's totally great um it doesn't linger it, it just really lets itself it kind of like it plays out like a skate video sort of uh just mm-hmm. like a, a bunch of friends hanging out and uh the main kid is uh in the movie his name's stevie which i hate that for myself but at least he's a steve in there eventually you know oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. but brent one of his friends yeah. that he meets at the, the skate shop his name is uh fuck shit and they, they all have nicknames but i love fuck shit why is he called fuck shit because all the time he goes oh fuck shit it is awesome. It totally works, right? Like, it's, it does yeah. feel like that as teenagers. That's exactly how you are. And he, like, they all, like, don't care about authority and all that stuff, which is, mm-hmm. as an adult, it's like, you're annoying fucking teenagers. But to remember that that was like to be a teenager uh, mm-hmm. is kind of fun. So, uh, yeah, fuck shit. He's my favorite. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a repeat from the Sandlot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. Repeat. Uh. Isn't that like a fucking, like, uh, cartoon shit or something? I feel like that's actually, like... There was like a kid named Repeat in like one of the old shows. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Could be. I say yeah, yeah all the time because of yeah, yeah. Because of yeah, yeah. I okay. really genuinely say it, and I I feel like if you know if people get it and they perk up, they're like yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. it, you know. It's like a Sandlot, bro. So if you get it, you get you it. You get it. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, what do you got, man? Well, uh, Stephen, I've completed my trilogy for <sighs> this month. Oh, man, I'm so excited. June need a vacation month. Yeah. And, uh, you know, last month I did a Western, so I was like, ah, I, I like switching genre month to month. Eastern? So I thought, <laughs> what? Eastern? You said, yeah. <laughs> you did a lot of Boston, right? Yeah, yeah fucking Boston. Uh, uh, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> What is that, Moby Dick? Throw him in the harbor. He's already there? Oh, if I take him out of the harbor. This is how it works. We got to balance the scales. Anyway, uh, so I... Uh, <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Who is this show for? Anyway, I know, right? Um, so I, I uh, changed it over to horror, uh, primarily oh, because okay. right of uh, things that were available to stream is certainly a factor. There you go. But also, uh, I thought, you know what? We're ending June Need a Vacation Month with horror, so it's going to give me time to, uh, to ramp up into it. So um, I watched three movies that mm-hmm. I've seen before, but it's been... Uh, two plus decades since I've seen them. Oh, wow. And, uh, Stephen, you and I are not, uh, what I would call huge fans of Sam Raimi. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. So I was like, you know what? I gotta... I was I trying gotta, to think of what it is. Check this out. I, yeah. gotta, I gotta go back, and I gotta, I gotta check this out, right? So yeah. I watched the Evil Dead trilogy. Oh, Brent, I'm excited. I've been wanting to revisit that. I always feel like I'm missing out. I feel like I, yeah. I, I, I don't know why... It doesn't mm-hmm. quite click with me, uh, but yeah, I've been th- I've, I've been thinking about it because Evil Dead Rise came out, you know, and yeah. uh, and I think it looks pretty rad at uh, badass. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, what do you what do you think about the original trill? Well, I remember back in the day, I bought uh, all three movies uh, at Best Buy. Uh, the first one I had the Necronomicon like book. It was uh-huh. like in, a, in, in that little like case or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, I eventually traded it to someone else for like a regular one because I'm like this isn't gonna 
fit on my shelf right this is gonna i can't <laughs> I, don't, I don't want this um but i remember thinking the first one was okay the second one uh was better and then the third one army of darkness uh was super fun and just like bonkers crazy right. and, and it was probably my favorite um but again i hadn't watched those in over 20 years so revisiting them i will say uh they're pretty good, Steve. Oh, uh, I, I, I had fun I with them. I really did. Turn. Okay. So uh, the the first one, I believe, is also shot in the. Did you say it was the four three uh, aspect ratio for? Oh, right. Like a like a TV looking. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I believe it's the first one that's like that. Okay. And then maybe uh, two and then three are just regular widescreen right. uh, versions. But um, have you seen all three of these? Yes. I have not. I I years ago, uh, but decade plus, I'm sure, is before I moved to Houston. Uh, I watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two is sort of like a remake of the first one uh, in certain ways, and uh, I remember liking that one more. The first one, I'm curious now though, just for like the the pure idea of like really really indie horror is pretty amazing, and the stuff that they were able to make and do on that film was pretty great. Uh, but mm-hmm. two, I was more impressed with. Because one is really rough, you know, low budget and mm-hmm. stuff, but in a good way. Yeah. Uh, three, I know people are kind of gaga over because it's just so stupid and silly, but I've never seen all of it that I remember. Oh, uh, I've okay. only seen parts of it because mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of the other ones. So, uh, okay. yeah, I'm not a huge, huge knowledgeable guy about those, but I am definitely curious about your experience with it. Well, let's break it down here. So I watched The Evil Dead from 1981. These titles change up more than I expected as I was going back through here and watching them. I always like to get the title right. Uh, But, you know, I think everyone just refers to it as Evil Dead, but it is The Evil Dead. Right on. Um, The Evil Dead from 1981. Uh, It's, yes, the beginning of the the story. Like you said, very low budget. Uh, We first meet Bruce Campbell along with... He's great. Yeah, but he's not... He's not there yet. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. You know? He's not fully formed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you just put the uh, croissant in the microwave, you know? <laughs> but it ain't ready to eat quite here. So, I just imagine Bruce Campbell, you put my croissant in the what? <laughs> you did what with my what? <laughs> so, um, I, uh, yeah, as I was watching this, I was like, it's always fun to like go back and watch the beginning of a franchise mm-hmm. because they don't know what they've got yet. You know, right. this franchise isn't the franchise yet. Yeah. You can do that with like Fast and Furious. You can do that with Halloween, even, even though, like, you know, Halloween was kind of like solidified pretty quickly. It's like, sure, you know, got yeah. to your right away. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fun to go back and see that. Um, the, the makeup effects, the, uh, the cinematography mm-hmm. for it, especially on a limited budget like that, it's pretty impressive. There are, are some special effects, I think, toward the end of the first movie that I was like, wow, I wonder how they did that, because CGI was not a thing back then, mm-hmm. or at least not to, to that level. Yeah. It was just like that weird fucking geometric shapes. Like yeah. Even Tron fucking, was like 82, I think. So yeah, it was before, okay. yeah, it was like before anything like really hit like that. Yeah. Yeah, especially there at their like level. Yeah, the the Def Leppard "Let's Get Rocked" music video, which was just like <laughs> polygons, and then there was Tron a year later. Um, but yeah, so they didn't even have the budget to do that type of shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, all of this is mostly practical, and uh, outside of you know like some animation stuff, I don't know if they had to send that out somewhere mm-hmm. to it to be done. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. It's interesting to see like. The type of scares, the the bits of Sam Raimi's 
um, signature style yeah. that gets put into his first movie that gets carried forward to his subsequent films, you know? Um, so that sure. was cool. Uh, the The first movie has, like, its own story. Uh, it does end on not necessarily a cliffhanger, but it does, like, you know, ashes out of... Uh, uh, out of the woods yet. Oh, hey. <laughs> he's, he's, he's in the woods the whole time. He's in the woods basically the whole time. Uh, but that takes us to Evil Dead 2 from 1987. So six years later, they put this movie together. In between, Sam Raimi did some crime movie I can't think of the name of. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've heard it's really good, though. I can't remember what it's called. Really? I heard the opposite. Oh, that interesting. That was not very good. And uh, that's why he went back to this. Um, but... Uh, all that to say, uh, this happened six years later, and so they bring uh, Bruce Campbell back. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of the movie gives a some uh, like a summary or a recapping of the first movie, except it's not that because they change it. Instead of him going to the woods with four of his friends, it's him and his girlfriend, who is a I believe a different actress, mm-hmm. going to the woods, and they're going to get romantic. Even though in the first movie it was just like a friend's getaway weekend or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just them going there, and then some of the same, like, uh, ghoul stuff happens. Mm. Uh, but, like, the the final thing, like, you can sync up the end of the first movie right. with a portion of the second one. You really don't even need all that preamble, I don't think, but I think maybe it's for the benefit of audiences who didn't have the ability to... Yeah. Watch the first movie over again. I, I don't know. That's what I've heard. The, the early, mid-80s. Mm. I, I don't know how prevalent VHS or fucking uh, Betamax or whatever <laughs> was there to where they could do that. I heard about this recently, though. Yeah, they were talking. Uh, Bruce Campbell was on a, like a, you know, in the last like decade or something on some panel. And he said that, yeah, they, they did that to help people through. But essentially, you could just lop that off. And and when he starts like flying through the air mm-hmm. in the trees, he's like that. That's like the the next step after the end of the first movie. That's like right. it should have just gone right into that. But they wanted to kind of reshoot it because they had new people involved, new cameras and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to look different. But uh, that's why I I appreciate Evil Dead for what it is. But Evil Dead 2, it looks better. It's it. Uh, I think it, they did kind of get into their own a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. what they were about. And uh, yeah, so I'm uh, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I gotta say, uh, Evil Dead 2, probably my favorite Ooh. of these three from the rewatch. Right on, okay. Yeah. Um, it, it stays in the, the horror element, but it is very like zany, and there are comedic portions of it. Mm-hmm. But it is very much like uh, uh, peeling off one of the characters, and it's basically his whole... Uh, his entire movie. There are other characters that come into play later on, but... It is him just constantly being tortured the entire fucking movie mm. and uh, just seeing his like sanity break down and whatnot uh, is, is kind of fun to see. And he he starts to become more of that like Bruce Campbell persona yeah. that we're, we're used to from like popular media or whatever. Uh, so that's cool. And then uh, a few years later in 1992, Army of Darkness. The reason for the name change is I don't fucking know. It's out there probably. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they changed studios. Um, but this one is a universal picture. I did notice that. Oh. And you know how Universal do. Guess what? We got the same character. They're a totally different person for all <laughs> intents and purposes in this one. Um, uh, through through means uh, stemming from the end of Evil Dead Two, mm-hmm. Ash is transported back into time into like thirteen hundred. 
AD, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's in medieval times and he's gone back to, I guess, the beginning of like when the Necronomicon, uh, like the evil book, um, came into being. And he's like oh, gotcha. trying to like stop it at its source, essentially, mm-hmm. before it can ever transport back to our time, uh, the 1980s at that point. And uh, yeah, so it's him doing that. And uh, he like trains an army, and shit gets real fucking wild. It's very, <laughs> it's very kooky. It's very like slapsticky. Yeah. But th- you kind of know about that, just maybe through pop culture, if anything. But this is the most like cartoonish violence that's <laughs> in this whole thing. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, but I I feel like I do prefer. Uh, Evil Dead 2 because it does ride that line of like horror and comedy where this one is more of a uh, an action comedy with little elements of horror mm. or horrific right. imagery sprinkled throughout. Um, but I believe at the beginning of Army of Darkness, they at the beginning of that movie, again, they recap what oh, yeah. has happened so far. But again, with like maybe different actors. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so uh, I've watched all three of those movies and Steven, I got that far. I was like, ah. <laughs> Might as well keep going, baby. I so I also watched Evil Dead. This is the only one that's titled Evil Dead uh-huh. from 2013. 2013, this movie looks like it came out in 2005, Stephen. Yeah, uh, good this way. This one was, was weird. <laughs> I don't know that it's bad, uh-huh. but uh, it, it does definitely seem of its time, but if its time was like eight years prior to that. Mm. It's, it's kind of strange. It seems I like wasn't it a fan of that out. one, yeah. So you've seen this one? I've, yeah, I'd forgotten. I'd seen the Evil Dead remake, and uh, mm-hmm. I remember they had advertised it as, like, uh, they were going to do it, like, a different way. It was going to be like, oh, this mm-hmm. is, like, um, the scariest movie you're, you're ever going to see, yeah. which I hate that kind of marketing anyway. Mm-hmm. But they ad- they acted like they were going to take that concept and make it really fucking scary and kind of get rid of the humor. And then I, what I remembered of it is going in, and it is very much just an Evil Dead movie, and it does have a lot of gore and stuff, but like, uh, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like, what's the point? And I felt yeah. kind of bamboozled. I felt like I was led to be like, this is one thing you're going into. And it was like something different and not being mm-hmm. a huge evil dead fan. in the initially anyway, I was like, ah, I don't really know. So, yeah, it, it did seem, uh, very, uh, straightforward. Whereas the, the, the first three movies with Bruce Campbell in it, there was some like schlock to it. There's a little bit yeah. of like humor and stuff infused in the DNA of that, but right. that certainly doesn't get, doesn't get carried forward in this. It's very like dry, like mm. uh, Jane Levy or Levy is the, mm. the main actress in this one. Uh, I've seen her in like different sitcoms and whatnot, but she's always been like a cheery character. But in this one, she gets like pretty dark. She plays a, uh, a character who yeah. is addicted to uh, some type of drugs and uh, her brother and like three of their friends show up to help her like detox over mm. that long weekend, as well as clean up their old family cabin. And then, you know, deadite shit happens. Hell and yeah. uh, she gets real crazy. Um, there's chainsaws and all of it. Don't worry. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's very bloody, very bloody for sure. Uh, I don't I wasn't scared at all. I, yeah, I watched part of this movie and then like. I was like, uh, I saw like some uh, big like scary action scene or whatever. And I was like, I'm gonna pause it here and go to bed. <laughs> you know, I didn't have nightmares <laughs> or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm just desensitized to it or or what, but I do remember seeing that poster as well. It's like the scariest thing you'll ever see, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Like, I guess so. If you want, if, if you want to say that. If I'm who, what? My fucking grandma did. Yeah. <laughs> She's at the bottom of the Boston Harbor right now. Man. <laughs> She's fucking terrifying. Um, but yeah, so I watched that movie, and then I thought, 
you know what? Let's go ahead and, and do a, uh, a hat trick plus two. So I did Evil Dead Rise. I finished oh, watching that maybe like half an hour before we started oh, recording shit. today. Is it? Uh, Where's that out? Uh, it's on Max. All, oh, it is? All five of these are on Max. So I didn't realize it was out yet. Venture down that uh, trail. Feel free. Um, I will say at the end of Evil Dead 2013, the very end after the credits, there's a little like stinger mm. that has a cameo in there. I won't spoil it here, but you can probably guess who it is. Uh, didn't Spider Man. Like uh, fucking goddamn it. Yes, it was him. <laughs> and not the one you expected. <laughs> exactly. It was the one you expected. Yeah. But um, Evil Dead Rice from 2023. Uh, it's uh, the Evil Dead, but this time in a, an apartment building. Uh huh. And so, you liked it. I can tell in your eyes. You know, when you stop talking, you can tell that that's just a <laughs> seal of approval from Brent. It's it's all right. You know, like it. I I appreciate that this. We've got five movies, and like if if you fan those movies out, the middle point is where it's like an action comedy, mm. and it could have just been that the the rest of the time. But they went back to horror, so I will applaud them for that, for sticking to the horror genre. Mm. You know, it's not like Terminator started out like a, a horror movie but became an action movie franchise going forward. Same thing with Alien. Uh, so, yeah, points Return to, to the Evil Dead for, for, yeah, for going back to mm. that. But um, it is just a ton of gore, a ton of blood, uh, which is all fine, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I can't figure out what's missing from the equation. Mm. I don't think these movies are bad, and they're certainly like worth a watch if you're... They're all short as well. Oh, that's so good. everything is like an hour and a half or less for the most part. I think one of them's like an hour 36 mm. or whatever. Uh, so very respectful of one's time. Kudos for that. But, you know, the the latter two movies just don't have that like it factor, that the special something right. there for, for the Evil Dead. But I hope people who like this franchise enjoy those movies. I, I see like there's the makeup effects look cool. Uh, the... The, the deadite creatures that show up in uh, the newest movie, Evil Dead Rises, look cool, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I don't, I, I, it, I don't know. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to find the, find the words, but uh, I literally just uh, finished watching this movie, so uh, I don't know that I have uh, any concrete thoughts on it, but yeah. uh, it's kind of just okay to me, you know? Yeah, right on. Uh, did you check out the show, Ash versus the Evil Dead? <laughs> Not yet. That's on Stars. I don't have Stars at the oh, moment. Oh, okay. I thought it was Showtime. Uh, gotcha. I, I would. Uh, I would love to go back and, and watch that because it does sound fun. Like if we're picking up on the threads from Army of Darkness, yeah. I can. I can go that route for it a little bit. You know. Yeah, and I think that Bruce Campbell is just fantastic. So yeah, uh, and and especially in this role as Ash, like that's the one thing. Like I never. I never say that the Evil Dead movies are bad. I always say like. Uh, it's just one thing that I just don't get. It just doesn't click with me that much. Mm-hmm. Although I want to give it another shot, like I said. I think if I watched it with a bunch of fans, specifically friends, that would help me. Um, but yeah, they, they all just seem like they're kind of there. It's just not my thing. But uh, I've always been intrigued by them. Um, I also looked up, by the way, the movie I thought you were mentioning about his, that he wrote like a crime or directed a crime thing, was A, a Simple Plan. That came out in 98. Uh, oh, he did okay. a movie called Crime Wave, between the Evil Dead movies that does not look very good, but That's I don't remember was, ever hearing yeah. that. Yeah, so I didn't know that one, but um, uh, I was also going to say, though, you know, you mentioned, like, his unique style that he developed while making these movies, and I, that's hit or miss for me, because there's some movies that I've heard are really good that I've tried and I just can't get behind because the camera movements are just sometimes a little too out there. But one that kind of melds a lot of your interest together that I'd be curious if you've seen is 1995's The Quick and the Dead. 
Did you ever watch that oh, one of his? Yeah. The Quick and the Dead. I don't think so. So it's a Western. Okay. That's made by Sam Raimi. So you've been watching some Westerns lately. Yeah. Uh, and then it has really good people. It's Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, um, Leonardo DiCaprio is in it. Pretty young. Uh, Russell Crowe is in it. Oh, interesting. Does it look familiar Does he at throw all? throw a phone at anyone? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, I tried this movie because I'd heard really good things about this Western that he did. And I'm, I'm overall, I still like Sam Raimi. If I don't like all of his stuff. But uh, there are so many, like, weird camera movements in this that, like, the I don't know, like, there's, like, about to be, like, a, you know, a high noon draw. They're going to, like, have a shootout or whatever. And it does mm-hmm. this, like, spinning camera move to someone's face really fast. And it feels oh, yeah. like the stuff I've seen in Evil Dead. But I'm just like, whoa, you can just show them. Like, I, I don't need. <laughs> but it's, like, obviously his entire style, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't click well with me. But I'd be curious yeah. uh, to hear your thoughts on that one. I've never finished it, The Quick and the Dead, but I'm curious they, about it. I think toward the end of last year, maybe the beginning of this one, over on the Blank Check podcast, they went through all of uh, Sam Raimi's films. And I believe uh, when they talked about this one, they said that it was weird. Mm. Uh, I, fuck, I can't remember exactly what they said. Yeah, I know that the, the Crime Wave one was not it looks really good yeah. they, they didn't like that one um, <laughs> the cover looks terrible dead, uh yeah i can't remember what they said about that one but yeah that that does seem like it could be a nice cross-pollination of uh the the stuff i've recently been watching yeah so, kind of interesting yeah, so i love that you picked that up i also love that this is not the first time your your movie trilogy of the month has expanded into a uh yeah. quintology quintilogy whatever you'd call a five yeah uh, a five sum um <laughs> but man just brent Amongst all these VHS tapes, just having a good time. <laughs> just, just me and the tapes, you know? Hell yeah, dude. I spend you guys in a hot tub. They're all, like, fucking melting around. You're like, no, my babies, my friends. <laughs> Be kind, rewind. Rad, dude. Well, I, I'm seriously looking forward to watching those again. I'm glad they're all in mm-hmm. max so I can give it a shot. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise, even with your review, I'm still, like, it still looks good. But that's what I thought mm-hmm. about Evil Dead, the remake. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But I, especially that original one, just for loving indie film and, and wanting that inspiration a little bit, that sounds like a good time. So, I yeah. think I would give that a shot. I feel like you could go into Evil Dead Rise by itself. Uh, it's a standalone movie. There's not yeah. any, like, characters that really get carried forward or whatever. All the information you need is in that movie. Okay. But if you're, like, interested in checking out Raimi's stuff, do that first and then check out yeah. Rise just to see the the contrast of where it started and then where it is right now you for know? sure man mm-hmm. super interesting right on uh yep. well i think that was a pretty good mini topic segment so I, you want to go ahead and move on to our main topic is that cool with you hell yeah dude oh my goodness all right so uh today we are talking about midsummer or midsummer and obviously like we had in the very beginning there's a there's a trigger warning with this and um i struggle with those sometimes just because i'm i'm such a person about spoilers and I don't want to spoil things. And I feel like the same way that like you turn on something on TV and like it gives you a little warning at the top and it's like there's like nudity and and whatever in this. I'm like, sometimes I want to know. Is it nudity? Absolutely. That's how I know it's good, you know? Yeah. But uh, other things that <laughs> might... sign of quality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Consistently. Especially growing up, you know, that's that's like yeah. you knew someone was going to be good. Uh, you saw that B in, that brief nudity. You thought, well, maybe I'll see a butt. But, uh, but man, I'm really hoping for some boobs, you know? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so this one, though, I, I think it is important to to trigger warning these so that people understand what they're getting into. And I, I have a personal anecdote about that, that uh, okay. when I watched this last night, 
uh, it was, I, I showed my wife as well. And I, I had held off on that for a long time. And, uh, mm-hmm. the trigger warning for this movie is, is about suicide. Mostly, I think in general mental health issues and it just a kind of a bad vibe. Some people get from this movie or the, uh, the intensity of some of the emotional scenes and it is, is really difficult. But, uh, my, my wife has had some some history with some people that have committed suicide, and that's a big one for her. I have also had that in my life, but it doesn't affect me as much to watch it. But I definitely recognize that if you if you have that in your life, if if that has affected you, this is probably a very difficult movie to watch, and mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know that it's going to be beneficial to you. So I had held off on this for a long time, telling my wife that absolutely she should never watch this movie. But then she was curious about it since we were doing it for the podcast and. And she was like, well, maybe I'll give it a shot. And I was like, well, I would say that this is probably Florence Pugh's, in my opinion, like best performance. It is so mm-hmm. emotional that it is just stunning. And so I was like, if you want, like, you you know, here's a, a little bit about the movie. And I told her about it. And then uh, and she was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. So we started it. She lasted much longer than I thought. We, we sometimes have a rule where we'll start like, uh, you know, let's watch it for, for, for 15 minutes. But mm-hmm. it takes like 20 minutes to get through the in- incredibly uh, harsh opening scene. And then I was like, just get to like the bright parts of the movie. Like once they get on mm-hmm. their trip to Sweden, you kind of get a little more. But um, and she did. And then eventually she was like, just noped the fuck out. And it really turned the night pretty sour. It was uh, mm-hmm. I could tell it really affected her and I felt terrible. She didn't blame me for it, but I, I knew better basically is what I was feeling. So uh, just be aware of who you're showing stuff to and, and why and what you're trying to get out of it. Uh, Amanda basically told me at the end, she was like, you care about spoilers. I don't spoil it if you think it might affect me which i think is a good way to go about that so i wanted to leave that out here initially as a uh, a content trigger warning spoiler warning that uh you know this definitely deals with some some harsh things so so yeah. viewer beware uh you know when we were uh programming june need a vacation month i was like you know we listed some vacation movies and i thought and then we end with, <laughs> with midsummer <laughs> <laughs> like, it'll be a laugh riot because it's such like a horrifying movie. And then I started watching the movie yesterday. And I was like, oh, I forgot about this part at the beginning. Right. It's pretty, pretty harsh. Whoops. Yeah. So I still like it. I mean, I, I think this movie, I, it's worth discussion. Uh, it is worth watching if you feel up to it. And right. uh, and I, I think it's fucking hold hysterical that we put it at the end of all these movies, especially <laughs> after Barb and Star. Like you mentioned last week, I think it's like it got more absurd as we went through the, the mm-hmm. movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Wet Hot is a very absurd franchise. And then uh, Barb and Star is extremely absurd. And then this one is absurd, but in a totally different light. And uh, but, yeah. I mean, it's certainly the most floral. <laughs> I don't know. Barb and Star have some pretty good ice culottes. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Forget about the culottes. Never forget about the culottes. So, uh, non-spoiler talk. I wanted yes. to uh, run through a few things here. So, I'll start off with the cast list as usual, and that is uh, this is um, obviously written and directed by uh, Ari Aster. His other movie that he had done before this was um, I must said Midsummer, uh, <laughs> Hereditary, which yes. uh, I I mentioned as well to my wife that uh, uh, in the in the bathroom before I was watching this movie before I showed it to her I was thinking to myself like oh i should if she likes midsummer maybe she can watch hereditary because i also think that that has one of the best performances of tony collette and then when mm-hmm. when it went down with midsummer i was like no 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 fucking way she should never watch hereditary it also is mm-hmm. a you know a very harsh movie to watch uh, uh it's, it's had so an excellent good. performance by a telephone pole as well <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> if you remember correctly 
<laughs> it's so good though but and yeah. then i'd forgotten his new movie is Bo is afraid which i haven't heard yeah. much about but uh, i'm curious mm-hmm. about enough so uh i think he's uh, an incredibly visual director and he has such a unique vision and uh yeah, yeah i'm i'm I just like both of these movies so far, mm-hmm. I think, are just incredible. Uh, so the people in it, uh, Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper. Um, I was trying to get all my people up here. Oh, Will Poulter. And then yeah. uh, Wilhelm Blomgren uh, plays Pele, who's uh, from the the Midsummer Place. So essentially the, mm-hmm. the plot line of this is it's a, a kind of a folk horror movie uh, dealing with a dysfunctional couple, Florence Pugh, uh, and Jack Rayner are a couple in college. Um, a bunch of the buddies of his are going to visit this Midsummer Festival that one of their friends, Pele, has invited them to in his home t- his hometown in Sweden. Um, her family has some uh, big issues in the beginning of the movie. Non-spoilers, I don't want to get into it, but she she's going through a rough time. She gets invited along, and then a bunch of this stuff goes down at this Midsummer Festival where it barely gets dark ever because it's like the, the summer solstice. and uh, mm-hmm. So it's the brightest horror movie I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And so interesting for that. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the cast list uh, breakdown and the uh, writer-director. So uh, Brent, uh, tell mm-hmm. me your history with this movie. Do you remember going to the theater? Do you remember watching it the first time? Uh, seeing it with anybody? That kind of stuff. What do you got? No, so I've only watched this movie by myself uh, here at home. Smart. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I saw Hereditary on a streamer. It's probably HBO Max back when that was the thing. Uh, my wife and I started that. Uh, I'd never seen anything by uh, Ari Aster, Ari Aster mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, I think both movies were on streaming at that point. But I thought uh, Hereditary. I heard good things. Didn't really know much about it, so we threw that on. My wife got a little bit bored of it about an hour in. Mm. She said, "This is moving so slowly," and I was just like captivated. I didn't yeah. realize. I don't think I knew what A twenty four was at the oh, point, or like okay. what, what what type of thing they produced. But I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I'm feeling it. Hell yeah! And there's something that happens at the end of that movie that I still think about. Uh, Mm. regularly that uh, haunts me Mm. and I think that Hereditary is a scarier movie Mm -hmm. but I think I prefer Midsummer overall it's just uh, something about the 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 warmth of the movie Mm -hmm. like you said taking place during the daylight right adds to that somehow the way it's shot i can almost feel the sun on my skin when i'm watching this in the dark in my living room (laughs) uh, the (laughs) night before we record a podcast about it uh but it's just like so summery and uh it it just feels like so um familial Mm. but also sinister at the same time Mm -hmm. but like i don't know i I, i'm I'm not like if white people invite me into the woods (laughs) i'm like no but if it's something like this, like even though I was watching the movie last night, I'd seen it before. I know how it ends. Right. Even still, I was like, I might go to one of these. It this sounds pretty cool. I do a mushroom trip out in right. this place filled with white people I don't know who are probably going <laughs> to sacrifice me. Sure. I'll just not pee on certain trees. You know, right. it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, showed this trailer to my wife yesterday. Uh, she asks, uh, typically she will ask what we're reviewing on the podcast. Uh-huh. I'll tell her and she'll be like, and eh, no, I don't, not for me. I told her about Midsummer and what it was about. She said, well, let's watch a trailer. I showed her the trailer. She said, yeah, not for me. Yeah. I said, well, it's by the same guy who did uh, hereditary, which you also didn't like. She said, I don't know what that is. I said, okay. Well, this was a valuable portion of the conversation. She blocked it out. Start. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I rewatched it all by myself again, and uh, yeah, I I'll I'll be upfront and just say I enjoyed it all over right again. On. There's certain things that uh, stick with you, mm-hmm. uh, but there's certain other things like uh, different cast members. Like I I totally forgot that Will Poulter was in this fucking movie. Yeah, right. And uh, I mean, like I enjoyed every performance in this fucking thing. It's just. Yeah. So well done, so well cast, and I was reading about some of the production when they were putting the movie together. Evidently, there was it was like very, very fucking hot. Mm-hmm. There were wasps uh, constantly plaguing the cast and crew, right? And a ton of extras that uh, the director had to wrangle constantly. But uh, Florence Pugh said that Ari Aster did a good job of doing all that, mm-hmm. so that's good. And I also saw, and I wanted to say this in the spoiler-free portion of uh-huh. this because maybe for, it will pique the interest of people who haven't watched it. From Wikipedia, it says, Astor had mentioned uh, 1981 Albert, or good Lord, Astor has mentioned a 1981 Albert Brooks film, Modern Romance, as an inspiration for Midsummer, and also called it The Wizard of Oz for Perverts. <laughs> I so, totally have that same fucking note. <laughs> It was the best thing I read about it. Oh my god! I rarely write down things from Wikipedia, oh, but I'm that's like, so good. this we gotta mention this. The Wizard of Oz for perverts. I was like, oh my god, that's why I like this movie so much. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it makes sense, you know. Um, totally does. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I, I love the makeup effects in it. That there's not a whole lot of like CGI effects or whatever. Mm. There's some like trippiness whenever they're uh, tripping on right. shrooms in this, but uh, it's it's well done. It's not distracting. Yeah, uh, they they use then, it where they need to subtly i think exactly yeah. and, and i thought some of the the character choices in this movie uh made sense for the personality types of yeah. those characters right i'll say mm-hmm. yeah what about um, you? so yeah my history of this uh i loved hereditary uh i thought it was so have you seen it more than once I, i've only seen it the one time i've i had only well god i can't remember i feel like i've seen it twice and i i'm like i'm picturing it now i'm trying to remember when i watched it i'm pretty sure i'm almost positive mm-hmm. uh alamo draft house cinema where i used to work and i uh, met my buddy james uh here in houston um i'm pretty sure one of those locations was shutting down and he invited mm-hmm. me to the last showing at that theater and we wanted to go just to see the last movie at that theater um i only worked with them briefly at that uh that location but it's where he had been mostly mm-hmm. and this was the movie that was playing and i remember being like i don't want to fucking see that like the trailer didn't do anything for hereditary mm-hmm. uh didn't right. do anything for me but we saw it and i remember being blown the fuck away it was so mm-hmm. interesting and i like you said i was captivated uh, i thought it was hilarious you said that your wife uh was so bored watching that one because uh, amongst my wife having issues and trouble watching this one and being hard for her, she also was mm-hmm. like, I-, I was like, but you were like talking really casually during a lot of those parts I thought might have been horrific for you. And I thought I was trying to gauge that if she was OK and she seemed mm-hmm. fine. And she was like, oh, I was fucking bored. That's why I kept talking. Oh. But it was like she was she was also uh, her- horrified by a lot of it. But she yeah. thought it was really boring. I find his director directing style is so captivating and yes. it, it, it it lingers on people and scenes mm-hmm. but uh it's almost like they're like uh it's almost like you're re- recording a play like they they mm-hmm. go on for really long times but they're not like uh they're not like technical marvels like a oneer in a movie where they're trying to get like one take shot and like make it look all like right. crazy it just seems like naturally that's just like his style and it lingers on things and i love it mm-hmm. but i could see yeah. it for her being totally boring but uh, i know it sounds like she was really losing her head <laughs> over hereditary <laughs> But, uh, 
Yeah, so I, I'll never show her that one. That was for Midsummer though, that she was so mm-hmm. so bored and stuff. But um, but yeah, I uh, I also wrote that thing down you said because I've been reading this book by Jed Apatow where he interviews other comedians, and uh, one of the guys I thought was so lovely was Albert Brooks, and he had mentioned this modern romance movie, which apparently is a phenomenal movie from the '80s, and I've never seen it. And then when Ari Aster said that, I was like, well, now I have to see it. If it's yeah, like exactly. Midsummer, I'm really gonna love it. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I. I'm. I think I've seen uh, Midsummer twice now. I definitely seen it twice. I think I've seen Hereditary twice, uh, but I would love to go back and watch that one as well because it's just so intriguing. Um, but yeah, his uh, his style. There's just something that works for me, and uh, I can totally see it not for other people. But that's why I, I'm curious to see Bo is Afraid, just because I want to see what Ari Aster does. Yeah, I, I was looking it up. I thought, oh, great. Ari Aster has another horror movie coming out. But I read that it's not a horror movie. It's mm. supposed to be like a, a comedy. But then when you look up the genre, it says like horror, comedy, mm. something else. So it's like Evil uh, Dead 2 or, or Army of Darkness. Probably. Yeah, it could be be everything. I, I don't know why yeah, we're right. such slaves to labeling things with certain yeah. genres. But, you know, I just like I really fucking enjoyed all of his horror movies that he's put out. Well, two at this point. <laughs> right. Uh, so far. Uh, They're so, so I'm good to see what else yeah. he's got. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a lot. It feels like he's put out 20 things because it uh, the caliber of them, I guess. I don't know the weight. <laughs> yeah, of they, the movies. they've had such like impact. Right. Uh, in the larger culture it's like elevated horror that really like broke through yeah. to mainstream audience like i heard people on like comedy podcasts talk about midsummer mm. and hereditary and whatnot you know so it's it's, it's fucking cool they're you hilarious do you think uh do you think uh, wes anderson will ever do a horror movie oh man fun. it would be fun i've seen some people mm-hmm. like make fun of that on youtube they'll be like what if wes anderson directed scream or something mm-hmm. and i'm kind of like yeah i want to see that 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 actually yeah. sounds kind of interesting <laughs> i would love to see it there was uh, somebody who did that with uh, like an x-men movie or whatever oh right and it yeah, was just yeah. like so much fucking fun yeah yeah i I'd love to see that i don't uh, i will say with wes anderson he has that new v out right now uh which i can't remember what it's called but um it doesn't look that great to me i'm, I'm not a, not usually like a huge fan of his uh asteroid city that he has out right now. Um, I just love his style, the look of it. I'm not always a fan of the movies themselves, Wes Anderson's, mm-hmm. but the style of it and putting that in a genre that he's not used to would be so intriguing. Yeah. I, there's so cool. many of Wes Anderson's films that I've heard of but have never seen mm-hmm. that I feel like it's a, something I need to definitely like jump back on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot that I, I still haven't either because uh, they're hit and miss for me. But when they when they yeah. hit, I really love them. So yeah. um, did you want to go ahead and jump into spoiler talk then? Let's fucking go for All it. All right. Excellent. Again, like if, if listener, if you haven't watched the movie at this point, like if you couldn't be romanced by the idea of it being <laughs> the Wizard of Oz for perverts, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, OK, let's get into it. This movie is fucked up and I love mm-hmm. it. Um, I will say. Uh, we're gonna jump around. I have some notes, but I really uh, a lot of them are just like slow movements, lingering scenes. Like those are my notes. Like uh, there are a few standout scenes, of course, some mm-hmm. some set pieces that are just wild, some acting choices and character choices that are are, are interesting and and valid and, mm-hmm. and cool to talk about. Uh, but man, uh, just the the whole vibe of this movie is so weird going through it this is this is why i wanted my wife to watch it and uh mm. my my thesis of the movie if you will if i can lay that out right now and Please, why i wanted yeah. her to watch that um the the beginning of the movie is so harsh you know you get you mm-hmm. start off with that like murder suicide scene 
Yeah. Which is incredibly difficult to watch. And it's disgusting looking. That was really hard for my wife as well, just like seeing mm-hmm. that. Um, they really linger on a lot of grossness in this. I, I tried to explain to her that my my thesis of this movie is that it's it's not really a horror movie. It is a movie with horrific things in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is a uh, a deep dive into suicide and mental health issues. But at the end of the day, uh, what I get from this, my overall feelings are uh, uh, tension and peace as opposites of each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie plays with that a lot. I feel like you have to go through all that shit in the beginning. Uh, and then at the end, in my view of what happened in this movie is uh, mm-hmm. Florence Pugh's character, Danny, goes through a moment of catharsis and she is allowed yeah. to work through her grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I often mention his movies, Ari Aster's movies, Hereditary and Midsummer, as being like, as opposed to like uh, torture porn, they are grief porn. They are, <laughs> yeah. they linger in grief. Hereditary yeah. is that same way, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's really hard to watch. I feel like the performances you get from people when they are when they are gutturally screaming, uh, mm-hmm. they feel realistic. They feel like that's what happens when you lose someone that's close to you, and and you can't take it. And uh, and it's it's so interesting to watch. My wife had brought up like why she was like I, I deal enough with bad thoughts and and bad stuff in the world. I don't need to see this shit. Like why would anybody need to put this out in the world? Why would you need to watch this? And I tried to explain it from my point of view that I feel like. Maybe this director went through some shit. He had, I saw afterwards he mentioned that he used a lot of his own breakup uh, as an influence for this movie. And oh, and he okay. sees this movie as a breakup movie. He was like, just like I watch Modern Romance, which is about a breakup, uh, but I think it's like a comedy. Um, he's like, I hope people watch this as a breakup movie when they break up. And they This is a movie <laughs> they can put on to feel better or whatever. Yeah. Um, I try to explain that like I think the director is trying to convey to an audience in an artistic form what it is like to go through a lot of things and have a lot of grief through them. And that might be very hard for some people to watch, but I think it's very admirable. And I think he, Mm -hmm. he does a very good job of portraying grief uh, on film. And if you get through that, if you're able to mud through that muck at the beginning of this movie, you get to that end. And to me, it is very uplifting and peaceful And uh, I have a lot of thoughts about what this this community or this cult, if you want to call them that, what they are and Mm -hmm. what what how sinister they might be. But um, at the end of the day, I am agreement with the cult. That's why I like this movie, (laughs) Brent. That's my whole thesis is that I feel like the douchebags get murdered. The Florence Pugh gets uh, a family and gets to go Mm -hmm. through her grief. And then these people have some weird customs, but they're pretty fucking great. That's that's the takeaway I come out from this movie, uh, not Amanda's. And I, I read some other versions of what people came out with this movie, and it's totally different. So uh, what about you? Uh, does that does any of that spark anything for you? Yes, uh, a lot of it. I agree with actually uh, as I was watching the movie or rewatching the movie last night, I was like, oh, this is like Inside Out kind of <laughs> Pixar's Inside Out. Like you have to work Double through. Feature. <laughs> really? It could be, you know, you start out with this with the family, put the kids to bed, then throw on a <laughs> midsummer and yeah. uh, just really enjoy yourselves, question mark. Um, yeah, yeah the, uh, that's kind of what it's all about to me, you know, Um Especially, like, I threw on this movie last night, I thought, I'm going to have to break this up over, like, you know, a couple of sessions right, here, because right. it's, like, late, and, uh, but let me go ahead and start this thing. I watched the whole thing, Ooh. front to back, tutor to snooter, yeah. as my vet says, and, 
it's just immensely watchable. It is slow, but I fucking love it. Right. I'm luxuriating in a hot tub of this movie, right? Right. Just Ooh, me and yeah. these VHS steps just, <laughs> just sitting there <laughs> melting into nothingness. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, like I, I, it's all worth it. Uh, you know, poor Danny. Uh, Florence Pugh's character in this movie. Jesus. She goes through so much consistently. Right. Um, and she's just put on the back burner constantly. She's she's there to... I don't know that she's necessarily a people pleaser so much. Mm. Uh, she does do some of that, but she also stands up for herself kind of throughout the movie right. as well. But when her boyfriend of four years doesn't remember her birthday, I was like, oh, God damn. He's dude. such a douche. You don't have this in your fucking eye, County? <laughs> At the brother. very least. God damn. <laughs> but, uh, like, there's so much of that stuff. And then, like, when we get to the very end of the movie and we get that smile across her face, oh. that's her coming out of oh. all of that grief, everything she went it's through. so peaceful. Like the, yeah, and all the little flashbacks that she sees yeah. throughout the movie uh, where she thinks she sees her mom in that, that one crowd right. and has a flashback of uh, her sister that her gaze change uh changes and, and looks right at her mm-hmm. um it's all these little things that uh that kind of add to and compound everything she's going mm-hmm. through but eventually she's able to break through all of that stuff and, and come out the the other side and i love that the movie ends right there like yeah. i don't need to see her like getting on a plane going back to the states you know right you know, getting a, a job as a junior assistant at a <laughs> at a magazine. You know, it's just the like sequel that, of this is a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's her and Blue the Velociraptor. He's <laughs> going out, putting oh the town. You know, I yeah. love it. Uh, Rebel Wilson is a. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, their their villain or whatever, um, but yeah. So I, I I fucking love every frame of this movie, man. Like it's so well done. I love all of the 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 set design for yeah. this. Like whenever oh they God. first get there to the commune and they walk through that that circle that's like a sun, but yeah. Like it's, it's cut out, you know. And I'm like, wow, how'd they get the boards all to form a perfect <laughs> circle like this? Like this is impossible. This couldn't. Be- how does this even happen? That's like, like I was so astounded <laughs> by that, you know? You're focused the entire... Well, how'd they do it? They do a lot of stuff with shapes, you know? That's yeah. the circle they walk through. The the, the building that's uh, later burnt down is a triangle. Right. I was trying to piece together, like, oh, what I love do that the, building. the actual, like, physical shapes have to do? Like, some of the other buildings are kind of, like, built at a slant mm. into yeah, the ground. That's so and then, weird. like, the front part of it is it slants the yeah. other way. Um, but it's cool. Like, I, I like all of that. The, uh, the commune... Mm-hmm. Uh, people there whatever you would call them uh they wear like just straight up white robes which is kind of weird because there's a lot of like gardening and whatnot it's like Uh it's gonna get dirty it's gonna show dirt a lot of grass stains a lot of grass grass stains stains. (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah like and honestly like sure yeah throw a couple of 72 year olds off a cliff every 90 years (laughs) you know they had it coming. They had a good run. You, you know, know, so that was that was the moment that Amanda pieced out. Uh, once, once did she actually see the fall? She did, and I. It was. Here's the thing. I felt. Did she see both? I felt like the douchebag boyfriend, where he doesn't take mm-hmm. his girlfriend away. That shouldn't, like, obviously, should not watch this. And you know, they all know what's going to happen. Like once they start seeing them walk towards that cliff, like you can see it in her eyes. She's like, no, but yeah, but this is happening, but no. 
And then mm-hmm. uh, he should have taken her away. I leading up to that scene, I almost paused it and was like, do you want to watch this? Like, Amanda, you know what's coming. Like, you can see what's happening. And she even mentioned before that, like, because mm-hmm. they talked about, like, once you hit 72, like, someone's like, what happens then? They're just like, you've completed your cycle or whatever. And Amanda was like, you yeah. die. So she even knew before the cliff, like, she guessed it, right? But once the the, the guy fell and then didn't die right away, uh, she didn't see the mallet. Uh, oh. Which I'm glad about. She doesn't know about they it. Got slow walked oh, over my there. God, it's like put some fucking pep in right. your step, dude. <laughs> he's he's in pain, man. Uh, yeah. But that that's one of the ones to me where I'm like I I I don't generally like cults or anything, and and I don't know that I would like this type of community for myself. But mm. I told her like I like the idea of communes. I like the when I see them sometimes, like it always seems that it's corrupted uh, mm. by you know just shitty people and stuff, but. I felt like watching these people and they explain like, yeah, like you grow up as a family and everybody takes care of the children. You're 18 from 18 to 36. You get to go around the world on the dime of the community and just like Mm -hmm. live your life. Then you come back and work until you're 72 and you, and then you die. And I was like, I don't know. Like to me, that seems kind of beautiful. Not that's like 72 is the new, I don't know, 50 or whatever. Right. Like it seems like we Mm -hmm. live so much longer now, but uh, I like that they're like, you don't have to die in fear and shame of old age and like, you know, losing your mind. Like you can give your life to the community. And I find that beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think it's a horrific way to watch it happen. But to me, like, I don't know, like I, when I watched it, I was like, OK, that seems legit. Yeah. I mean, the first time I watched this movie, it was shocking. Like mm. I had heard that something crazy happens. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like. You hear people say, oh, you'll know it when you see it. Right. And you fucking know yeah. when you see it, dude. <laughs> For sure, like, man. There's a blood eagle in this movie. Not even the most shocking thing to happen. Terrifying, you know? That's at yeah. The end. But uh, uh, yeah, the, the falling off the cliff. The first time I saw it, it, I was shocked. And that was the first one. And then we've got yeah. the guy follows the, the girl. And I was... And he doesn't die, like you said. They have to bring in the mallet. They have a real slow passing of the mallet from right. one guy to another. Yeah, here you go. Here is your mallet. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he's German for some reason. And right. then he, uh, he slow walks with a group of people. They all take like separate whacks at it, you know? Ugh. God damn. Well, like what if someone missed and like hit him in the dick, you know? That's fucked up. Honestly, <laughs> that's fucked up. The whack-a-mole keeps coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they, uh, but, uh, and they, it's so gross looking too. It is. But I was going to say like the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, these effects are fucking cool. Yeah. Like the way they, they filmed this. It's pretty fucking rad. Like it's disgusting. They, but I'm sure they. Ugh. Yeah, they they definitely had like um, dummies involved with this, right? right? But, but there's good. also a portion that had like uh, you had to like um, composite in people falling off a cliff to uh, yeah. maybe some type of CGI in there, just showing that transition. And then they that woman, oh my gosh, she hits the rock, she bounce off. Oh man, her face has exploded. She looks like a predator wished it looked. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's just from a filmmaking perspective, it's fucking cool to see that visual effect, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, And then, yeah, there's just uh, the the the, we see that in like the night before um, the uh, Josh, who's played by William Jackson Harper from The Good Place. Yeah, Chi. He's he's fucking great. I'm glad I I see him pop up in more stuff. Uh, He hears about, oh, they're going to I can't remember the name of that ritual yeah. or whatever but he hears about it and you know they're talking about it in that like group betting situation at the stupa 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what I said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> and he's like, oh, they're actually going to do it? Like, he's excited about it. And then Danny says, is it gross or is it scary? And he just kind of raises his eyebrows. Right. So he kind of knew. What a dick. But I feel like even in that scene, he was shocked by right. what he saw, you know? Um, and then, like, the other two people that were there, like Simon and uh, his girlfriend. Uh, yeah. The, the two English people that are there. Yeah. Um, they're, they start screaming immediately, like any, like, rational person. Sane person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And they're, like, trying to, like, keep the, the guy from jumping off the cliff. And I love that shot of Florence Pugh that's, like, close up. Mm. Uh, everything around her is just, like, um, out of focus. Right. And even the, the, the sound of everything around her is out of focus. Yeah. And she's just, like, so taken aback. She literally just lived through this. Um, yeah. And she's having to go through this again. It's not like anyone she knows, but it is still somebody committing suicide in front of her. Yeah. So that nerve is very raw and she's having to deal with that. Um, but even still, uh, I, I believe it's later on in the movie where she's still trying to be, uh, if not a good girlfriend, at least a, a, a good person mm-hmm. and try to give people the benefit of the doubt on different things that come up or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like what a great character. You know? She's fantastic, like, man. The whole way yeah. through. It's so tragic for sure, but the way she plays mm. it, um, the the whole idea that she's like the May Queen and like uh mm. I, I didn't remember exactly how it all went down. I remembered like the details of some parts of it, but not mm. really how it all how played how it all played out. And uh to see her journey through it. Again, like I think mm. a journey through grief and uh and acceptance and and working through that. Uh, there's even something to be said, like I, I don't think if you actually had lived through that that you should like therapeutically you should watch someone commit suicide as part of their like traditional thing with their you know community and stuff like i think that's really like a helpful thing but Mm -hmm. in this movie i view it that way i i view it as almost like that's one step that she also needed to watch to see someone do it in a different way than hers was which was so horrific yeah and do Mm -hmm. it at old age for the community for a reason like there's something that's part of her steps you know yeah, I don't know. I, I I think part of that is also she felt so alone. Like she had her sister and her parents, and that's only because we have that subtext at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, you know she's reaching out to her parents because her sister sent this weird email. Mm. Uh, so we just assume that they're all uh, fairly close. Uh, she's got her boyfriend that really doesn't even like her. Right. She's planning to break up with her. We know that as an audience, she doesn't at that point. So she really has no one. And then she goes through all the shit at this commune mm. and she finds so many people. The crying scene alone at the very end after she catches her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Fucking that the redhead uh, where they're all like wailing yes. together. Holy shit. That's man. what I that's remember. Like, yeah, that's that's one of those things that like sticks with yeah. you. Like. People just simply being there for you yeah. in your time of need. And like, even though they're not feeling the exact same thing you're going through, mm. they're mimicking it enough to where there's some like comfort. Yeah. It's like a, a baby blanket or something like that. You it's know? weird, right? But there's a comfort yeah. there. Yeah, I totally get that, mm-hmm. too. Um, it kind of reminds me I've yeah. mentioned for um, like Korean movies. I'm not sure about other Asian cultures, but Korean movies mm-hmm. and stuff like the the host uh, in particular, there's like a scene where people are like wailing on the ground and like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand it. It's like a, it's like a, a, a type of actual 
mourning from different cultures, but like it just sounds like noise to me. I don't get it. This one, because they do it in time with her and like do it the same way, like they even make the same like grief stricken faces that she does back to her. Uh, there's like a mm-hmm. cadence to it, like a movement. They're like breathing in and out together. Like yeah. it does feel comforting, and it's weird because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to most people, let alone be emotional in front of a lot of people. But <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. With this, this community uh, appealed to me in a certain way, and that's that's mm-hmm. one of the things I like. Uh, that that moment in particular is so strong to me. But then at the end too, when they've lit the the triangle barn on fire, and they yeah. all are screaming with their fellow people that are screaming being burned alive there's Mm -hmm. a weird at at one moment that made me think of like being in an evangelical church and people speaking tongues and like it being like it feels so weird and off to me and like possibly fake but even if they're in it it just feels like why are you giving it to this like religious fervor and then they're doing it a different like a pagan for for you know fervor in here but it appealed to me better because it actually felt like they had a real connection with each other and that's why they did it and they were feeling as much anguish as their fellow people being burned alive because they might also do that leader they might volunteer for that or they might all of them are going to die off that cliff someday like they're all going to do that and knowing that their whole lives and working together and feeling those emotions like it feels like real i don't know it just and the way they Mm -hmm. portrayed it feels fucking real like uh this movie felt authentic even though it's all you know made up yeah it really did i uh i was looking into it i was like trying to book a flight i was like i wonder Mm -hmm. if they got this going on this year if this is off year (laughs) how did covid affect this you know did they postpone it yeah yeah when did this movie come out it was like 2019 is that right it might have been yeah Uh, i'm trying to look up right now but um yeah yeah so like it was like a a pre-pandemic movie for sure um but this is one of the big movies that came out around that time it was 2019 yeah. uh that uh where people were going to the theaters it was kind of like everything everywhere all at once it was one of those movies that was uh intellectual enough mm. for the people that are into that but also like entertaining enough yeah. to where i don't know it, it's kind of uh, got a wider base of watchability than i think maybe people give it credit for yeah. um yeah so like I don't know, man. I just fucking dig it. I don't know. I know how many different ways I can I could find to uh, to say that, but it it is. And like going back to the cinematography, yeah. like that shot uh, of like after she hears about her parents, Christian uh, goes over to her apartment. She's laying on his lap, just crying, mm-hmm. bawling, and uh, we have that slow zoom into the window where it's just snowing yeah. outside. It looks like a blizzard almost, and that's where we get like the movie credits with the the cast and everything. I just love that shot. He's really good about mm. that. There's something similar in Hereditary. I can't remember mm. what yeah. it is. I just have that feeling like, oh yeah, he did something like this in Hereditary. I just like that uh, that that stylistic right. choice. You know, it seems like a lot of the shots in this movie are long takes mm-hmm. of yep. actors giving like. Not monologues, but it's like yeah. actors conversing with uh, several bits of dialogue that I could never memorize, you know, <laughs> unless uh, I was like fucking Marlon Brando, where I had one of the other actors facing me, <laughs> just wearing <laughs> cue cards on their chest. But uh, but yeah, like it's it's so impressive. And I, I love uh, all of the actors commitments to every bit of this, uh, especially the uh, the redheaded girl that mm. is going after Christian. Yeah. I read that this is her first movie. Yeah. Crazy. It's like, God damn, you're, you got this role, huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Isabel Grill right. is her name in real life. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and they were saying i think she was one that doesn't speak english maybe they were saying that there's like a lot right. of there's like three languages spoken on set and mm-hmm. um yeah, I was surprised too. They it said online this was filmed in Budapest, uh, which instead of yeah. Sweden, but they said like oh, it's yeah. like money reasons, you know, like anything tax reasons or whatever. But uh, they stayed at Wes Anderson's hotel there. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> but like you said, with the cinematography, that's one of my things too. Is like those long lingering dolly shots in those like tracking mm-hmm. shots. Uh, again, with the the sister that committed suicide is a harsh one, but they they do it all along, like down the hallway. To where she's in her bedroom, yes. uh, that mm-hmm. that one um, where it lingers past Christian, you know, comforting Danny and mm-hmm. uh, her her bawling, and then into the window. Uh, there's also a scene where they're like driving in the car, and the camera like slowly just keeps flipping upside down, mm-hmm. and that's a under that banner. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think like that happens in some movies where they uh, they'll do that upside down shot and then like cut to something else, but he just keeps it going and it's so interesting. He does a really cool ideas with the camera that feel like they're throwing your world upside down. Like there's so right. many things that could be pretentious about it, but they feel like he's he's just a good filmmaker. Like he just understands yeah. his shit. And uh, and it really gives you that sense of whatever he wants to give you, that upside down feeling or it's, you know, throwing you off a little mm-hmm. bit, that despair, whatever it might be. Yeah, there's a, a real thing that uh, kind of helps project the outsideriness of it yeah. all. Like for me specifically, where they get to the commune or commune and they drive. There's a um, a path that leads up there, and it's just like a field. It's just like yeah. gorgeous field, and you have like the two dirt tracks, one for each side of the the car's tires that it rests on, and they just stop like midway there. They're like. Yeah, let's get out here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he's German again. I'm sorry, but uh, he uh, they they get out and then they do mushrooms. They just leave the car there, but it's just such a, a feeling of like freedom. Mm. Even though we will find out that that's not the case, right. like they're essentially bringing people back, luring people back mm-hmm. to be sacrifices in in some way, you know. Um, but hey, man, you have a good good ass fucking time until you're I mean, offed, you know they can let him have mushrooms they mm-hmm. you know they gave him good food um i was thinking too like um will poulter you know like uh peas on that tree and then yeah and then i i couldn't i kept looking for him at the end i didn't know if he was one of the sacrifices or whatever and they they said mm-hmm. that um online it helped me kind of understand a little bit more if this is the correct interpretation but they were like yeah you, you don't see him again there's a moment where uh josh uh who's cheaty from uh, the good place uh mm-hmm. is like taking pictures of that sacred book and he looks back and will poulter's behind him and he's like mark like where you been and online it said that someone's wearing mark's flayed uh like face yeah. Uh, I didn't quite see that. Uh, my screen wasn't like showing me that that well or whatever. But um, I wonder if, if they weren't such dicks, what would have happened? I think I think uh-huh. that's why he brought them back. And and he knew that she was amazing and could be the May Queen or like whatever. Like, but uh, uh, I like that. Uh, it basically yeah, it's like these guys are dicks and they're going to get the comeuppance. Uh, mm-hmm. When I saw how this movie was made, they said that Ari Aster was approached with it as a slasher film set amongst the pagan rituals of a small community in Sweden. And oh. I'm like, oh, he went a different way with that. But essentially it mm-hmm. is uh, a slasher film towards the end of like fighting these guys mm-hmm. and killing them all or whatever. And uh, that's why I was trying to get to Amanda. I'm like, I understand you can't make it through, but she hated that boyfriend so much. He's such a dick and doesn't doesn't even pay attention to Danny and doesn't help her. And then I, I wanted to be like, well, he's going to be put in a bear costume or an actual bear and then burned <laughs> yeah. alive while he can't move later on. It's really mm-hmm. good. like it's a, if you want to come up and for him, you're going to get it. But uh, you got to yeah. wade through a lot to get there.
I love it if at the end of the movie, you know, because he's immobilized in that wearing that bear's right. flesh, if they would have put like a, a sandwich board on him that just said waka waka <laughs> on it, make him hold a rubber chicken. Um, I love the uh, the unreliable. It's not really an unreliable narrator per se, but like just in the uh, conversations we hear amongst the community, we get that because there's a scene where Christian is talking to again, fucking Christian. He decides he's going to have his dissertation. Oh, my God. Uh, what about dick. the community there when uh, fucking Josh already. Right. Had, he was so hyped. He was studying. He was so excited to go there and learn about all this shit. And then this, you know. I'll just say it's a honky comes through. Steven, you know what I'm talking about. Comes through and steals the shit. Um, but uh, but he's talking to that one person there. It's like, so is uh, uh, is incest a problem? And the the guy's like, no, we really don't worry about that. We still recognize the taboos of incest. And then like the next scene is William Jackson Harper in the building with that one guy. And they see the I can't remember the the little boy's mm, name. Yeah, this, the the kid's the Oracle, name is Miss, yeah. Yeah, and there's like, oh yeah, he's uh, the process of uh, many years of inbreeding. Right. So it's just like <laughs> one guy's getting the totally wrong story than uh, than the other. But uh, yeah, well, I thought it was both. They say like they they do that specifically so they can get their seers, which is uh, a fucked up notion unto itself, anyway. But uh, mm-hmm. but then that yeah, like I like that they we as the audience, especially if you've seen it once before, you kind of, uh, they, there's a lot of foreshadowing of stuff I didn't uh, like understand the first time. Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen, but he's mm-hmm. telling that to uh, Christian uh, about like, yeah, we like to bring in outsiders every once in a while to bring in some fresh blood. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's going to be you later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I love that. But also that I, I didn't pay attention to it as much the first time, but uh, the the movie opens with like a tapestry that goes through the entire plot of the movie. Did you did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Like it has like I think it's five or six panels essentially that show her. Uh, it's like you know it looks like it's like handmade or painted or or mm-hmm. like stitched or whatever, but it shows two adults and a, a young girl next to another young girl, and the the first young girl and the two adults are all connected by tubes uh, in in oh, the tapestry, and it's like that, oh my yeah. god, that's like her sister committing suicide. And then, like, the next scene is, like, them arriving or whatever. Like, and it goes through, like, her whole thing until she's, like, the May Queen in the, in the flower gown. And, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, it's fascinating that it was all right there. And you just don't yeah. know it, you know, and you get to see it all unfold. The- there's a separate tapestry where it has the uh, the, the girl like cutting her pubes and shit yeah. and like bleeding into a cup and like it, it really lays like out oh, the yeah. whole thing. A love story. And the camera just kind of like pans across in the middle of a scene that they're having. I love it. So it, it really kind of helps spell out what's going on there or what will be happening right. uh, going forward. Um, and it's just the little things there as well where um, at the the one dinner or lunch or whatever it's it's constantly daylight right, so right. i can never tell like what part of the day it is but they're sitting down to eat everyone uh is sitting down to eat and they've got their rows of drinks right there and everyone has what looks like a a light yellow like lemonade drink or mm-hmm. whatever except for christians his is like a slightly darker shade of brown because as that period blood uh, in there mm. <laughs> yummy i didn't actually notice that but it makes sense I, the pube obviously was in your face in his face uh but uh yeah that pretty disgusting overall just to imagine uh that happening but man i mean love the, is love absolutely uh sometimes that love involves food pubes and mistral, <laughs> or, i'm sorry mistral punch uh it's, it's just all it's all in there you know not for me yeah. you know that's that's one thing i might be a picky eater about but uh 
Yeah. What's the flavor of that Coke you're drinking again? Oh, oh shit. no. <laughs> um, let's talk about that uh, that flower dress I was mentioning uh, at the end. Yeah. I saw that that was uh, auctioned off. At the end of the movie, they auctioned off a lot of the props and stuff for uh, COVID relief. It was uh, at that time, like you said, this was released mm-hmm. like right before that. But uh, apparently that one went for like $46,000. And uh, oh my so God. we missed out. We can't wear it. But uh, So interesting. Okay. For some reason in my head, maybe it's just that good set design. But I was like, oh, that's real flowers. That's not going to be like a dead ass <laughs> dress someone gets. <laughs> they did say, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure like her... Her flower crown might have been. I wonder about that if it was uh, if they like every day just made fresh ones or something. But uh, yeah. the dress they said had ten thousand flowers on it. Isn't that wild? Damn. And actually, forty six thousand dollars to to sell it. I think it's actually a, a steal. It was it was bought by the uh, like Motion Picture Academy or whatever for like uh, you know to be like s- uh, shown in the museum or whatever. So oh, um, okay, so that's yeah. cool. But um, yeah, yeah, man, what a look though. I I feel like Florence Pugh, as we said, like. Uh, I think this is one of her best performances ever, and she just knocks it out oh, of the park. Sure. But she also yeah. looks incredible throughout this movie. Um, the I love seeing her go through the motions of her her like finding this new family and and working through her grief uh when she's Mm -hmm. doing the may day or whatever the maypole dance and becomes the the may queen um the second she starts like to to get into it she starts like laughing as she's like dancing with her friends whatever like let's go for the first time in probably months you know since whatever yeah since it all happened um i i don't know it's just like beautiful to see and like i i don't really know how much like all of this was pre-planned that's one thing i didn't understand like uh pele mm-hmm. brought these guys back you know to be sacrificed essentially but uh he hints that he also brought her back for a reason i i wondered yeah are they always bringing back a may queen as well uh or was that always the plan because she seemed to sort of stumble into it in some ways as well how did you think about that i wasn't sure i kind of thought that maybe he had a crush on her i wondered too at yeah. some point and maybe he was bringing her back to uh, be with her, but then at the end of the movie, he sacrifices himself. Pele? So maybe it's... Yeah, it doesn't... Oh, no. Oh, wait. No, it's one of the other dudes. Pele is in, like, the green. Um, he's wailing oh, with everybody he's... outside, yeah. Pele's wailing? Pele... <laughs> so, episode title. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I thought maybe he was bringing her back to uh, to court her right if anything and uh yeah maybe when women get brought back uh if they're willing to um and potentially against their will i don't i, don't I know, really right? know how to get down there you know i'm afraid to walk down that road <laughs> but um yeah maybe it was like hey you can be part of the community if you want you know yeah. like i, I know. took it that she is definitely staying uh mm-hmm. at the end like she's found her people um, yeah. and I, I, this definitely doesn't need a sequel by any, by any stretch, but, uh, it would be interesting to see her as part of the community next time someone gets brought in. Uh, mm-hmm. but you already mentioned this. This is one thing I didn't, I, I guess I glossed over when I was watching it. Uh, I had to read about it. I, I understood this as like a thing that happened every year and it was like more of like everybody, like, you know, the older people kill themselves every year. New people are getting, uh, mated, uh, to try to get pregnant every year, more people were coming back from their like, yeah, you know, Rum Springer or whatever around mm-hmm. the world and all that. But then, yeah, it said it was like every ninety years. Like that's why it was such a once in a lifetime thing. And I'm like, so yeah. they don't bring people back like that all the time. Um, so that kind of changed my view of it a little bit. That was interesting to me. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure what was 90 or every 90 years. Like, what part of that? Mm. Was it just the old people uh, fucking trying to be like me and fall off the thing? Uh, or <laughs> they did it better. The, I'm sorry. Oh they did God. it way higher. <laughs> no, I'm curious. You know, I've, I've tried six feet. What's 600 feet like? Let's give it a go. This is Book of Flight to Budapest. Um, they have a great hotel there. Yeah. So I. I don't know if it was that or if it's the the burning of the um the the triangle mm, house yeah. thing or if it's no it can't be that because Pele says at the at some point when he's talking to Florence um at when he's in the states uh, they're at uh, Christian's apartment mm-hmm. and he's talking about um hey I'm I'm so sorry for your loss my I lost my parents too they died in a fire mm. and that was like. Now that we've seen the movie, right. we know that it was that Triangle House fire or whatever. Maybe it was a rhombus. Maybe they really had fun with it that year. They do year, different you know? shape house every year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I took that as well, that he was like, my parents died in a fire. That that was what had happened to them as well. They sacrificed themselves is how I understood that. Hmm. Uh, or might have just been part of the thing, you know, like uh, yeah. maybe they volunteered, maybe not. But, uh, but yeah, like what is... What is their midsummer every year, and what is the 90, mm-hmm. 90 years? Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't quite clear on that. Another thing about the the house fire at the end there is um, they, you know, there are two, well, I guess three, uh, with uh, Christian and mm-hmm. the wearing the bear skin. Uh, but the the two uh, people from the commune that are there to sacrifice themselves, uh, they get given some type of uh, serum or whatever on mm-hmm. their tongue that helps uh, block the pain. Clearly does not fucking work yeah. at all. Uh, and in my notes, I put, oh, this is kind of what like all religion is to me. It's like, <laughs> oh, take this. This will protect you. It's not going to do fucking shit. This is not going to help anything. But uh, yeah, they, I just thought that was interesting that the one guy looked over. He was, he immediately, as soon as he, his uh. legs caught on fire, he started screaming, you know? But uh, that's that's all they could they, do is uh, just I guess sit there at that point. Yeah, they did say to that first guy. He said to help or to like to numb the pain or whatever. And then the second mm-hmm. one, he said like to numb the fear. And they both seemed pretty calm until the mm-hmm. flames actually got them. Uh, and then it yeah. was pretty horrific. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine being burned alive seems like one of the worst ways to go. And uh, yeah. at what point is that worth it? Like like you said, with religion stuff like that's when they volunteered. That guy was like, you'll you're going to join everything today. And I'm like, or mm-hmm. are you going to join nothing? You're going to join <laughs> yeah. blackness. There's yeah. nothing there, you know? No. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's my view of it anyway. And uh, it is crazy, especially that they would have. I don't know. It seems like a better system would be in place where it's like uh, Paley's brother, fairly young looking guy, right? Like maybe mid twenties, if anything, midsummer, mid twenties, mid nineties, coming, coming to forever 21 <laughs> midsummer attire. It's all their like white uh, tunics <laughs> yeah. with like flowers embroidered and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It seems like those younger people would be more help like doing shit around the commune, but I don't know. I guess that's why they're volunteers, right? Yeah, I guess so. someone has to go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so let's talk about having sex in a room full of naked women, and it, let's and do it not it. be a good thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not not really what I would expect, but okay. The one that comes yeah. over and pushes on his butt as he's yeah. thrusting—that's uh, my favorite the, lady. The, the, yeah, and the way where he like kind of looks behind him as it's happening or what? No, maybe it's the uh, where the the lady leans down and like from the front yep. 
she leans down and breathes with uh, that redheaded yeah. girl, Maya, and then like puts her hand on his shoulder and they just like lock eyes right. as he's still like, you know, pumping. And she says, pump like, it, chief. Pump it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what boy. a look, you know, uh, uh, when he walks. There's th- a lot of weird stuff in here, but I like, too, that they're playing with drugs during it. Like they uh, mm-hmm. I, I one of the things I saw about Ari Aster with the effects, he said that there's like somewhere they they did like 60 versions of what the, oh the drug effects should look like. And they that mm-hmm. at some points they looked like wild and it was hard to focus on the characters and what they were going through and then they dialed it back but then you can't really tell <laughs> they used the same thing they used in 21 jump street where like someone's head is an ice cream cone <laughs> <laughs> they actually the people that jumped off the cliff it used to be just mm-hmm. a melting ice cream cone but they had to reshoot that with the blood oh sh- yeah, yeah they had yeah. to change it all up you know Man, wild. Uh, but yeah, they. Uh, I noticed in some scenes it's very subtle. You know, like I think whenever mm-hmm. she is the May Queen and she's at the head of the table, um, it took me a second to even realize. Uh, like the the stuff on the table, you can kind of see is like moving. She's she's seeing it move and and her her like mushroom addled mind. But the stuff behind her is also moving very subtle. Like the trees are kind mm-hmm. of just slowly moving, and yeah. uh, and I liked that that it was uh, it was subtle. But it's like you have to remember too, like. They're seeing and doing all these crazy things, but like they're drugged out of their minds for a good portion of it. And that's yeah. got to be throwing them out like so off. Like he goes along with that, that whole mating scene in such a weird way, but he's also like, doesn't really know what reality is at that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that scene is so again, visually striking to me with all those, you know, chanting naked women around. So that is a good point that everyone is just like fully on their ass on drugs right. the almost the entire time because like, if they came out of it, it'd be like, oh, oh, no, what did we do? <laughs> oh, there it is. I found it. You found your Swedish I accent, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's really good for them, too. I'm sure any Swedish person Not would at really all like offensive, it. Yeah. You know? But it's Swedish by way of Budapest. We can there all you agree. Go, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And you're just doing Don't really well. Don't cancel me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we talk about the Blood Eagle? I know I brought oh, it dude, up earlier, yeah. but... It is so disgusting. I was reading about it a little bit. Again, it's yeah. on Wikipedia, so it has to be true. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's only a couple of instances where it's been in like written text. So it's not anything that seems to be prevalent in history. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like something that was like in, uh, uh, spoken about a couple of times in Norse mythology. But it is Ooh, striking. Did you know what that Weren't was you? before? I, I had to read about that. No. No, okay. like I, uh, I watched the movie uh, the first time, and then afterward, I was like, I gotta see what I can look up about this movie. So to yeah, Wikipedia, right, I right. went and I went down a rabbit hole, and I came across the term "blood eagle." And I was like, well, this is gonna be part of my <laughs> vocabulary for the rest of my fucking life, and uh, it's so fucking gross oh, yeah. to see. And again, all this takes place during the day, like the two most horrific right. scenes: the people jumping off the cliff, and then the blood eagle scene. I know it's in a, like a, a barn, but there's still like daylight bleeding through right. there. He doesn't have to light a candle and. A darkened room to be able to see this it's just readily apparent this guy is he's his lungs are wings dude <laughs> like it's wild and the the way the the lungs are like still yes. breathing, like he's alive oh god holy shit that's like even worse you know and, uh, <laughs> he uh uh christian like goes under his head to like look up at him and he has yeah. like flowers on his eyes uh maybe yeah. think like when you're like tanning and you have those like little little glasses <laughs> like what if you pulled them off he's like hey bro what's up i'm yeah. just i'm just chilling in here with the chickens no big deal i feel <laughs> great 
Can you hand me that cucumber water? Thanks. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, it's it was horrifying yeah. to see um, because that was uh, Simon, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Simon says, "Be a blood eagle," I guess. <laughs> uh, that was that was fucking insane. I was reading about it, and uh, uh, the blood eagle is where, and you see this, but it, I. It was a lot to look right. at. So I was reading about like exactly what that process is. And it's really like uh, bisecting someone's uh, the back of their ribs from their spinal column. Right. And prying that to the side, pulling the lungs up through that. Enjoy your breakfast. listener, <laughs> And um, it's like suspending all of that in like a prone position. And uh, yeah, that was that was something to see. Yeah, it's know? wild, man. I feel like America should change its national like animal oh man to the bloody Can you imagine how strike fear into your enemies jesus christ oh my god we'll do this to you yeah. if you fight us oh man yeah uh that's pretty wild uh it also leads into one of my favorite shots in the whole movie which is really okay. simple uh but they uh the elders or whatever uh walk in there and and blow some sort of powder into christian's face and incapacitate him and then they close his eyelids one by one and the mm-hmm. screen closes like one half at a time. Oh, yeah. It uh-huh. was just so simple. But I was like, I've never seen that happen before. And it's mm-hmm. it's rare that any like shot in a movie is like never used. And uh, I've just yeah. never seen that. It was so interesting looking to me. Uh, it really fit the tone. And then when that lady opens his eyes, she does the same mm. thing. It's one eye at a time. And then in a comforting voice, she's like, you can't breathe or, or move. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. And then she goes and hops in line. It's like, that's not helpful, madam. What the fuck? Yeah, I love it. She's so peaceful, though. She's, like, very happy about the whole situation. She's peaceful. She's fine. Uh, Christian is just, like, horrified. He's, like, paralyzed in, like, a fucking wheelbarrow or some yeah. shit. And then poor Danny, in the most joyous floral costume right. that's ever been... <laughs> thought of in humanity just like so dejected and horrified her her head's cocked to the side she's just like frowny face and you know for good reason she's been through a lot uh recently in her life in general but final nail in the coffin is uh seeing her boyfriend cheat on her yeah and essentially just straight up impregnate some other well i hope that girl in in my head she's uh 18 plus um for me yeah you could say that Okay, I mean, that's what I'm it's doing a different culture, me. and mm-hmm. she and the elders said she could fuck, so they had that yeah. that fuck vote, and she got yeses across the board, you know, <laughs> so she's good to go. Fuck yes, okay. <laughs> um, there was something about uh, I I can't even remember who. Oh, it was um, uh, when Christian went to go talk to the like. I think Maya's mother and they're in that building. He's like sitting in a chair and it's like a a side view of him. And she like comes through the door and takes him to the next room, which is just the same thing, but with another chair for her to sit in, they face each other. And at the end of that conversation, he says, I think I found one of your daughter's pubes in my food. (laughs) And then she goes, that sounds about right. And that's it. And And then it just came outside. If you ever have to have that conversation with someone listener, just leave. We're, what are we doing? Just get out of there. It's amazing, you know? though. But some people did try to leave, and that didn't work it in their did favor. It did not work out for so. them. Yeah. Um, that was fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so that, uh, I only have a few more notes. Um, that triangle house, that yellow triangle house, and then the fact that yeah. they burn it and stuff. I think that thing is so fucking striking. 
the uh, like you said, the the set design in this is is pretty phenomenal. But man, that that alone, and you don't know what's in there. They they keep talking about like we don't go in there or whatever, and it's just always in the background. It's such a good set piece, and then uh, yeah, that they can you know utilize it in the end in this horrific way. But you also get the comeuppance uh, of this boyfriend being murdered. You know, is pretty great. So yeah, <laughs> I'm down exactly. With it. Or sacrificed. That was one of the things online. It said like. Uh, uh, he was murdered and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's a douchebag, though. So I just don't feel that bad. I don't even feel mm-hmm. bad enough to call him murder. Um, Look, not, ba- not my problem. He, very pale guy. He's out there running around, no clothes on. He's definitely going to get sunburned mm. and he's going to pretty much beg for death at that right. point. So they helped him let's out. Let's just get through it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get one burned one way or the other. So hop in that triangle, bitch. There you go. Um, uh, one of my favorite lines in this movie is Will Poulter. Will Poulter's character is such a fucking douchebag. Oh, in my this. God. He's just like a fucking asshole, right. but he's he fills that role. Nobody else has yeah. that role, you know. Um, but uh, there's a scene where, again, it's like at one of their luncheons or whatever. Uh, before that, uh, I think maybe it's their first one. They're all like standing, I think, and uh, it shows these girls that were like putting flowers down on the ground, like walking backwards or whatever. He says, "Somebody should tell those girls they're walking stupid." <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. my God. I was like, that's kind of everything you need to know. That and then like him peeing on right. the tree and then getting pissed off that somebody else is pissed off about that. Like nobody you know? told it's me. Just... It's a dead tree. Um, yeah. I love whenever they are tripping for the first time when they first arrive. And he's like, everybody lay down. Hey, hey, Josh, lay down. It feels great. Yeah. Like he's so worried. And like that other guy walks over and they're like, oh, we have a new newcomer, new friend. And he's like, I don't want to meet new people right now. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's it's funny because there's there's not a ton of comedy in this, uh, but yeah. he, he fills that role for a while, even though he's like a huge douchebag. Like you really hate him in this. Yeah. Yeah. In that same scene where uh, Florence is high as shit and then she gets up and starts like walking, she comes across the other group of people sitting in a circle on the other side of the field and they start they turn around and they're laughing. Right. You think that is anything in particular? Were they just like all tripping? I took it that way. Yeah. Okay. They were just, she just was just, face value yeah, but I don't know. I yeah. think there's a lot in these movies that I feel like Ari Aster is at a level that I'm just not quite even resonating at. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, there's just so much subtext and, and all kinds of like details in there that I'm sure I miss. So maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I just took yeah. it as them, whatever. You know, the first time I watched this movie, I looked up video of him on YouTube just to see like, what, what does this guy right. look like? What does he sound like? What's he like? Yeah. Seems like a pretty joyous guy. Super like, normal looking dude. Yeah. The interviews I saw with him, he's like, I just really like breakup movies, you know? And like, this is my breakup movie. Like, it seems like so casual about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, uh, oh my God. I can't believe I'm forgetting this guy's name, but the, the guy who Regis directed Philbin. Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh yeah. Regis right. Philbin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who did Homecoming? Was it, That wasn't Mark uh, Webb. Is that the other guy? Was that Yeah. That amazing was Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to look him up. But yeah. Homecoming director. Oh, fuck. Yes, but he was talking about how that movie is uh, Homecoming is his tribute to um, like teen. Oh, like uh, John Hughes. Yeah, John Hughes right, type right. of comedies. So this is like Ari Aster's uh, version of a breakup. Uh, yeah, there you go. Movie, if not comedy or whatever. Yeah, but, uh, John Watts. Yeah. John Watts. There John we go. Watts. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, sometimes you just need a, a good a good breakup movie. He put one out there mm-hmm. in the world. So there you go. Yeah. Take it, take it or leave it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like people have uh, playlists for all kinds of things. Like they'll have breakup songs or whatever. Right. Put this in your breakup yeah, movie rotation. You know, <laughs> it's totally you gotta, cash. You got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I, I guess my final thought on this movie is like, is the title fitting? Mm. Is Midsummer like fucking really mid? Oh wow. They should call this shit Fire Summer, hey! dude. Fire Summer from the makers. What is the <laughs> Fire Island or whatever the <laughs> uh, Fire Festival? Yeah, Fire Fest. Yeah, yeah. The fucking tanked man. Ja Rule shows up. He's in a bear costume. <laughs> what am I doing with this? Sit at this triangle. Okay. <laughs> fucking gets roasted like a marshmallow at the end. Yeah. Amazing. He's got a bologna sandwich on his head. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, this movie. Um, when I read about it online, I, I had such a, a different version of what happened in this movie, and I didn't want to be tainted by a lot mm. uh, of what people mm-hmm. interpreted this, but you seem to be on board with what I was saying earlier. Uh, I did find a couple reviews that mentioned the same sort of theming that I thought was so wildly different what I watched, uh, and that is that they were like, this, this kind of cult is like a, a mm. metaphor for white supremacy and how they... How those kinds of groups, those those right wing groups like prey on people that have had trauma in their lives and are missing family and they bring them into the fold and then make them violent. And their their thesis on this article I read in Collider, I can't remember the, the author's name on this one in particular, he mentioned that like, yeah, at the end, um, they've they've pushed her through all these traumatic things to get her into a, an emotional headspace that she's not supposed to be in. And they bring out her violence and that she murders her boyfriend at the end. And I was like, wow, I see this as a meditation in grief and, uh-huh. and an acceptance of your and like self-love and that she allows her allows these other people to kill this guy as a sacrifice for their cultural reasons. Like I saw that in such a different light. Is that how you kind of see it or like what do you what's your interpretation of this movie? Well, Stephen, you know, I never miss an opportunity to shit on white people, present <laughs> company excluded. Of course. But no, I didn't I didn't go that, that way with it. Like I did watch the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, like uh, William Jackson Harper is like uh, one of maybe like three people of color True. in this movie. But you're in Sweden. Right. Like, like, I don't know. You expect that. It's like it's very specifically this type of. Uh, a cult. Yeah movie like if it's yeah you gotta have like white people there (laughs) and it never felt i never got like like a get out or something i never felt Mm -hmm. that these people were secretly racist and that's why they killed them it's like no they killed the white guy too like they whatever they're just killing people yeah to the contrary i feel like they were giving again going back to that conversation about incest in the community Mm -hmm. they gave christian who's a white guy named Christian, right. <laughs> uh, like information that was not 100% accurate. And then I feel like they gave the, the character who's like a black American, mm. like it's like, Oh yeah, here's kind of what we really do. And the, the only reason he got got is because they told him no photos right. and they like busted him doing that. You know, I still so, think that's on him. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of, kind of severe punishment for that right. one. But Hey, you know what? Maybe he should have yelled a cab uh, as it was going down. <laughs> they backed up a little bit, but I do like that they uh, plant his foot upside down in a in a garden. <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time. I loved it. I was like, oh my god, it's that's so weird looking. <laughs> it's like if if you're gardening and just need to have a quick sit, you know. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. My my wife just bought a bird bath. It's like outside of the window. I'm at 
are looking at right now. And it stakes in the ground only so far, like maybe like uh, three inches uh, or so. So you, a, a big oh, distance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a huge distance. S- circumference and around is really big. Oh, my the God. Girth? Is the girth on this thing? <laughs> Holy shit. But as I'm like staking it in the ground, I'm like, even though it's like all the way in there, it still like wobbles a little bit. So like how far down are you burying his character? <laughs> because his character's like face at right. the very least, maybe his head uh, is in that that triangle building at the end. So what, I don't yeah, know I wonder like, how much how is deep down, how sturdy is that foot? I guess is what I, I wouldn't say you should sit on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was more like, you know, if you plant like carrots and peas, you put those little stakes mm-hmm. in the ground next to it to know what it was. I just figured that's what that was. <laughs> they were just trying to yeah. <laughs> show what it was. You know, if you're trying to grow a new Josh, yeah, uh, exactly. Where it started. You just got to start. That, yeah. There's that scene where, uh, they go and they bury that hunk of meat and then like mm-hmm. some like, grains like or, egg. or something and then they they uh cover it yeah. so maybe it was like a similar process right. they're like oh yeah we just bury everything <laughs> out here <laughs> so uh we're doing this movie like you said like uh, for junior to vacation you came up with this like a month ago or whatever we were talking about it and this mm-hmm. was one of the ideas uh i didn't know i i didn't remember really when midsummer was i don't really pay attention to the summer solstice or when it really starts i always say that like summer starts in june 1st because that's just how i feel sure, uh yeah. and and i i say spring ends in may and then june he started off but uh what's pretty cool is the actual solstice uh like the the real like world solstice is, is June 21st, but many wow. celebrate midsummer as a, as a celebration, a cultural celebration of, uh, the solstice on June 24th, which is when we both watched this movie. Correct. We both wow, watched this on Saturday, shit. June 24th. We did it. Didn't even uh-huh. mean to. Isn't that crazy? That's wonderful. It's totally wild. Done, God damn it. We've we done did it, it again, again, man. Holy I shit. thought it was so cool that we just so happened. Like we could have done Midsummer uh, earlier this month. You know, it could have been mm-hmm. the end movie. It could have been whatever. And I was like, wow, it just so happened. So basically, I think this is an omen. I think we have a, uh-huh. a trip to plan because uh, you and I seem yeah, to really like this cult. Oh, yeah. It seemed like <laughs> a very good idea. <laughs> All right, so uh, much like the the uh, end of this movie with that that beautiful smile that Florence Pugh pulls off. Uh, any final thoughts yeah. from you, sir? No, no, it's just a, a, a. It's hard to say this because it is a very dark movie, but also a very bright movie, right. especially once you get to the end. And I, you know, I, I understand the reasoning for your wife not watching the entirety of the film, but I feel like the catharsis yeah. of. The crying scene at the end and then her smile at the the very, very end. The last thing we see uh, is the reason for the whole thing. Totally. And if you yeah. can't get there, I don't blame anybody. But I tried to explain that to her, right. too. I was like, I know this is way too harsh and you should never watch it at all. But I feel like you, she only got the harsh shit in the beginning. And you yeah. need that to, to know why it's so cathartic at the end. But man... You really get that peaceful release. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, John Wick. I don't want to see the dog die, right? But that's that's kind of like that's the catalyst the for the whole thing, you know? Like, for sure, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so I think, yeah, we both like this movie. Uh, I would highly recommend it for people that that feel they're they're up for it. Um, I feel like this director is just so visually intriguing, and I'm I'm into whatever he's he's putting out there. And and it all started with a random chance screening of Hereditary for me that I didn't expect much, yeah. but. 
He's really blown me away. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say for this film is that one of the other interpretations I did agree with that I did not see very well uh, is the fairy tale of it all. Obviously, this movie has some fairy tale sort of looks to it. There's that moment, uh, uh, Danny's apartment earlier on, there's a, a like a painting above her of a little girl in a crown, uh, like face, like putting her face against a bear's face. Oh. Uh, and it, so it's like some foreshadowing in some mm-hmm. way. I'm not sure what that means. But uh, it's like this, you know, sort of fairy tale esque thing. I guess that would be like her as the the May Queen, right. and then Christian as the the bear, and like their right connection. In that, I like, wondered. It's like a final goodbye type of thing. And I also didn't. They don't really. They don't say much about the bear at all. Like there's the bear in the cage, and someone asks about it randomly, and they're like, "Oh, don't worry about it." And they don't yeah, see the bear. Yeah, it ties into the Hulu series. <laughs> He's the chef. He's back in Chicago. Oh, he's a chef. Oh. He's in the shy town. <laughs> he does not cook with the pubes. Uh, but some things, some interpretations of this that I didn't understand until mm-hmm. I read them online that I thought was really, really cool is this is like a fairy tale, uh, much like a lot of like fairy tales like Disney ones or like, you know, old school ones we mm-hmm. know. It's about a, a girl who loses her family and then ends the story as a queen. So wow. pretty cool, right? Never not never saw it coming. Holy shit, that's great. Awesome, right? Yeah. And then once I saw that same quote you had with the uh, uh, Ariaster had men- mentioned this as the Wizard of Oz for perverts. <laughs> uh, someone mentioned it is about a woman on a yellow brick road going with three guys to this magical land. Hmm. And I'm trying to now figure out which one, like her boyfriend, is uh, like Will Poulter. I think he's the man without the brain. He's like the scarecrow. Right. Okay. And then like I'm trying to think of like who who is everybody? Like who's the man without the heart? Is that her uh her boyfriend or the courage to tell yeah, her to so break the, up? The the tin man missing mm-hmm. a heart. So that would be the boyfriend, right? Maybe. And then the cowardly lion. I that's what that I don't really Josh? know, but they do kind of fit in that. Yeah. Maybe that's be- Josh. I don't know. Wait, somebody calls somebody else a coward. Isn't that, uh, I thought Josh calls Christian a coward. In that oh, one scene. see, I think, I think that's probably better. It's like, he doesn't come up with his own stuff. He's a coward to talk to Danny. Where's uh, fur? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like the, the bear lion. Okay. Uh, Josh, maybe he's more like the man without the heart. He's the tin man because he like, he knows those, pe- those old people are going to commit suicide mm-hmm. and brings Danny along anyway. Yeah. You know, he's maybe so that's, and he's heartless. Everything. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, man, this is there's, again, so many layers to unpack uh, that I think are are, are just brilliant. So, yeah. And there's one dog in the movie that we see briefly. Dog's fine. That's Toto. Number. Yeah. Number one. Dogs are okay. That's how you know the movie's all right. John Mm -hmm. Wick. No. Still. (laughs) Well, man, that was a blast. Uh, Do you need a vacation? This is the number one vacation movie, obviously. Makes you feel good things. Mm-hmm. It's like a tropical drink in your hand. You know what? This One movie. thing I got to say about June Need a Vacation Month is uh, it's been a ton of fun. I've had such a blast watching these movies with you. We it, it, Everything has been great, I will say, uh, at least from mm-hmm. my perspective. Mm-hmm. I loved them all. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say, I, I do check the ratings of these episodes, and uh, I feel like this month was just for us, Stephen. Uh <laughs> <laughs> 
We have a drop in listenership. <laughs> We've got a little bit of a drop in listenership. Maybe this one. I thought it. that was the bots. Could be. Uh, could I be. always think the bots took a day off. Yeah. Well, I'll hire some more. Uh, do whatever, whatever I can. Hot bots in my area. Hot single bots in oh, my area. Yeah. Maybe. Um, what if but, this episode's like three listeners? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like this one would have the uh, maybe the most. Uh, uh, wait with listeners because uh, I feel like yeah, we, we, we've got a, a decent amount of listeners that like horror movies and whatnot. So, right. uh, if you're just joining us for this one, go back and check out those other uh, or past three episodes because uh, they're a lot of fun. Even if you don't live in America, we we have a good time. You have a good time. It's it's fun. <laughs> I don't know. I just it's fine. Just go help, with it. Help us out. Yeah. Uh, but what are we doing next week, Brent? Oh my God, Stephen! Believe it or not, here in the states, United of America. Comma. Mm-hmm. If it were in a phone book, this I would be listed. You're doing sure. great. Yep. <laughs> Nailing it. <laughs> True American here. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, next week, we are doing ID4 Independence Day from 1996. Woo. Hell yeah. The most patriotic year of all time. Except for that time. Yeah. That guy fought the Liberty Bell. Or, I don't know. I don't know what happened to the. It's got a big crack in it. Our history classes were great in Oklahoma. Yeah. It's, we That's know. what we know. We don't know. It's a different place than where we live, so we don't care by default, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, just like the Boston Harbor, yeah. A fucking Boston Harbor, dude. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, if you dunk the fucking Liberty Bell in the Boston Harbor, it will be healed. Yeah, it could, actually. Mm-hmm. They haven't tried it, so. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to talking about uh, ID4. I yes. love how they call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still remember that summer. The, the stand, I can picture myself... Uh, exactly where I was standing in my local theater next to that standee in the summer of 1996. This movie came out on my birthday mm-hmm. uh, that year, July 2nd, and uh, I, I've loved it ever since. So yeah, really looking forward to talking about that with you. So definitely come back for that. Uh, as always, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. All the info's in the show notes. And you can rate review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. And please tell your friends so more people can find us, subscribe, and then stop listening. To our summer vacation episodes. But listener, as you are still listening to this, again, by Begin Transmission, The Trans Allegories of the Matrix by Tilly Bridges. Uh, she's a friend of the show. We would love to have her back on. And uh, honestly, uh, we just need some more input from her because I, yeah, we got to talk Superman with her. You know? Oh, yeah. Superman, absolutely. Star Trek, all the, the fun she, pop She culture. seems to get it. Absolutely. Where I don't get it. So I need that. Yeah, I need that level. Hell yeah, dude. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, this is a blast. I, even though it's a hard subject matter, I feel like. I that's uh, it was so hard after dealing with that with my wife I felt so bad and I'm like yeah why why did we choose this movie why would you watch this movie and I'm like because it's good and I there is it's it's there's a lot here to like so exactly you feel better about discussing it uh you know with me it's yeah. a I don't know a catharsis one might say you could say that <laughs> That should have been our scene today. Damn it. Just us wailing together. Fuck. We missed an opportunity. Just like five minutes straight. Just wailing across Zoom at each other. All alone in our rooms. Holy shit. Yeah. Mouth agape. Yeah. Be good times. Well, dude, I'm looking forward to ID4 next week. And uh, yeah, please come back and listen to that. I hope everybody had a good time today. Mm-hmm. And uh, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. Record on three, one, two, three. We're fucking car, dude. Oh my god! We're Guess what? Doing it, dude. Dude, Not to the... steal your line, but we're doing that. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, not to steal your thunder or anything, but like in the bathroom just now, I just mm-hmm. laid out like a line of uh, pollen and I just fucking snorted that shit, man. Oh, shit! I'm going crazy right now. Instead of a bumblebee, we got fucking Bumble Steve in here. Hey. Oh, shit, dude. oh man, look at my. Oh, I'm wearing a bee suit right now. Oh my god, man. Oh my god, you're about to be voiced by Jerry fucking Seinfeld. Dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you remember when he, uh, oh for God. like promotion for B movie, he got dressed up in like a B costume no. and was zip lined from one end of the thing <laughs> to another? No, what? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he like the highest paid stand up comedian of all time and he's still doing that shit? That's amazing. I mean, it was what, like a decade ago, 15 years ago, something yeah. like that? But like it was, it was crazy. Like they had to great. go to that level of promotion for a movie that. Have you ever seen it? I've never tried. I'm a big animation guy. I've never seen it. Yeah. I'm not saying you didn't that try either. You know, yeah. It's uh-huh. just, I, I feel like we all kind of saw the lay of the land for that one. <laughs> right. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. Like, the, you called it B movie. I'm going to, I'm just going to take right. you at your word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get like Uncanny Valley in a, in a B, but you got it. You guys nailed that. <laughs> yeah. You definitely nailed that awful look. I just know that he, his character in that movie is a, a B, an actual like worker B insect creature mm-hmm. and he's i think trying to fuck a human woman oh i didn't know which is know like that. you know i bought i understand that feeling <laughs> but also i'm technically a human man so you know, i feel like the, the cat's is slightly smaller but mm, right. okay you know interesting though yeah maybe i didn't he's know packing who knows it's like maybe that's not a stinger on his butt you know hey man that that bee's got a big d you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Man, wow. What a look. What a great, just a great animation right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, should we try harder than this? They're like, uh, no. Do you this think is, a, this is good. a bee penis is also striped the same way? Well, first of all, I believe a bee penis is called a penis. Oh, you know, my bad. We just need to, yeah, it's a, we need to get the, <laughs> the terminology correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think it, do I think it's striped? Is that what yeah, you're like asking? a yellow black. Yeah. Uh, I don't see why not. Uh, you know what? That's that's B cannon is what that is. That's hot. Mm-hmm. He, he, quote. Man, he got striped on his B cannon. You know what I'm saying? Dude? Yeah. <laughs> to quote my life hero, uh, Paris Hilton, that's hot. <laughs> Did you ever see House of Wax that she was in? No, I've actually wondered about that just for the, the, the stupid factor, right? Yeah, we watched it when it came out on like... VHS or DVD or something like that back in the day. It was probably oh, yeah. DVD or whatever. My wife and I, we rented it. Uh, I think she liked Paris Hilton at the time, or at least watched whatever that show was that yeah. she was on. Simple Life? Is that I think called? so. Yeah, sure. that's right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, you could have just strung together a collection of syllables. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that seems, <laughs> yeah, that's that seems accurate. Right. <laughs> I don't fucking know. She was the Kardashians, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I guess. Um, but, uh, but I remember thinking, oh, this is, I don't know what this is. This is a little bit like schlocky and I, I couldn't get into it, but I've heard since, uh, I think on the terror table specifically, yeah. uh, that they have discussed it, uh, I think a few years back and they actually liked it for what mm. it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it, there's if it's that. a niche. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens. I would give it a shot just for that. I feel like that's why I heard about it too. I feel like. Mitch over there had mentioned it one time as like a, a guilty mm-hmm. pleasure or some sort of thing. And I was like, man, I've never even given it a shot because it just looks so dumb to me. And yeah. I was never 
I was never a fan of like that original or anything. So it's not like I'm like, I need to see this remake or I want to see this remake just to hate it. Either way, I was just like, this means nothing to me. This property means nothing to me. <laughs> Paris Hilton means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I never, never tried. But maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe now that we're like 20 years away from the early aughts, uh-huh. you can look back on it with like, uh, not, not a fresh perspective, uh, but a, uh, maybe there's some distance in there. Enough to where you right. can look back on it and be like, oh, this is how movies were made back then. They were just insane <laughs> Whoa, and mostly bad, but mm, <laughs> that's what they were. Yeah, I kind of want to look it up now. Mm-hmm. Got to go to that Just Watch app. Hell Not sponsored, yeah. but should be. We love it over there. Oh, my God. I'll that's let you great. know if I find it, though. I try to recommend it as often as I can. It's so good. It's like, so simple. Wait, what is it? Yeah. Just Watch? What? what? Is just Watch? Just wattage. I'm not trying to find the voltage of my house, dude. Uh, house of Wax looks like it is uh, only for renting on Apple TV on on the Just Watch app. Not available on any streaming services right now. So how bad do you really want to see it? You know, uh, kind of not that bad. You know, <laughs> right. just maybe a, a like a, a Tubi. Re-watch. Oh yeah, Tubi or not Tubi. Tubi. Definitely no. Tubi. Man, if it's on Tubi, is Tubi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if it's on Tubi, if it's on Freebie, if it's on uh, Pluto TV, you know? Any Fubo? of those. Fuck it. Can't I get on it. I don't even know. I can't. Not no. allowed. If if I got like injected with some type of poison and the antidote was simply uh, logging into a Fubo TV app and watching it, I'd be like, well, I guess this is how my I time die. on Earth is, is up. There's nothing I can do here. Can't solve this problem. Uh, speaking of which, I went to a convenience store earlier this week, and Brag. they had a. I, I I like to try like different sodas, like especially if they're store brand sodas, like mm. not any. It's not like a, a big name Coca Cola, uh, Pepsi, even RC Cola. It's not that. It's like whatever the store is. We've got a store here in town called Casey's. I believe it's a, a chain of convenience mm. stores, but they have their own branded like cola cream sodas you know, on down the line, their version of Mountain Dew was like Mountain River or some shit like that. Right. But they had this one that was blue and, oh. you know, it's like, you know, it's like Eltas blue, baby. Oh, you know what I'm uh-huh, saying? I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I gotta, I gotta jump on this. I love that color in food. It rarely happens, <laughs> but every time it does, it's just like fun, you know? Yeah. But as I cracked it open, it was like a blue raspberry flavor. And as I was taking a drink of it, I was just like, oh my God, this is so fucking tasty and refreshing. But like that first initial hit, I was like, this is like an off-brand thing. I don't know what kind of quality control is seeping through this place, but this very well could be antifreeze for all I oh, know. Oh, sure. But like... But good antifreeze. I would... Like if somebody handed me a cup, like a Red Solo cup, and it had blue liquid in there, they were mm-hmm. like, look, 50-50 shot. It's going to be blue raspberry <laughs> something, or it's going to be antifreeze. I would take that cup out of their hand as they were explaining the rules of the game, you know? I just love that color. It, it's, it just makes my mouth water. It's so uh, delicious looking, you know? Wow. Um, plus, like, if, like, it's only an upside for me, you know? Either I'm going to get that wonderful flavor, or right. I'll never have to worry about paying taxes again. You know what I'm saying? Like... These are the, the, the two upsides to me. That's usually but, how uh, you weigh your beverage choices as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Taxes are, are delicious. Yeah, uh, that's where you're going. <laughs> um, going back to our, our conversation last week with Barb and Star, did you ever go back in the day and do a, a suicide where you uh, go to the, the fucking... Oh, yeah. God, what am I trying to... The, the fountain, the fountain drink drinks, right. Get it all. Do, do a little bit of each of those? Uh, yeah, I used to do that when I was a kid. Because my friends did it, and sure. uh, I thought it was like edgy and cool to do, but I don't mm-hmm. actually think I ever liked it. 
I don't know about you, but the, the I don't like a lot of flavors mixing. And when you mix all of those flavors, it's not like it makes it a better flavor. It just makes it a bunch of weird ass fucking flavors. So, yeah, <laughs> and it was never really my jam. What about you? Oh, yeah, I would try it every now and then. Uh, I think I tried that once in my 30s and I was like. Oh yeah, this is why I don't do this anymore because it's not—it's it's just not good. Like the juice is not worth the squeeze on right. this particular fruit, you know. Um, and I feel like you there are certain ones you can leave out, like any of the diet ones, just leave out of that oh, equation. Yeah. That's not gonna. There shouldn't exist anywhere. anyway. And honestly, probably leave out a root beer. I don't know that you're gonna get anywhere with root beer with I, with that, you know. That seems like it's too rooty of a flavor. Yeah, you know, it'll underlie everything, and you won't get past it. So, like root mm-hmm. beer, blue raspberry. That's not a flavor I need in my mouth. Brent is like, well... <laughs> Honestly, now it's all I can think about. You know? Hopes and dreams for me. I'm like, okay. Oh, oh okay. Well, okay. Do you like root beer? Do you just don't want it in the suicide because it's yeah, overwhelming? Yeah, I, I like root beer. It's just uh, not something that I gravitate toward. I feel like if I'm buying a soda, I'm going to go for a cola. Like, you know, right. your Coke's a cola. Right. Your real sugar Pepsi a cola's. Mm-hmm. Uh, other... RC Cola. Duh. Right. Uh, right yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's what I'm going to gravitate toward. My friend Ross is uh, huge into Mountain Dews if he drinks soda. Um, but uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I've never been a big root beer guy. You know, yeah, unless it's not for, me. for a root beer float. Oh, Delegates. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you had that Dr. Pepper float ice cream from Bluebell? No. Have you heard about this? Oh, I've my not. God. Brand is so good. Uh, oh, my sure God. It was. All this shit with the submarine <laughs> taking up my timeline. Yeah, Amanda even tried some. You know, she can't do a lot of dairy stuff anymore, but she loves her Dr. Pepper, so she went after mm-hmm. it. And, uh, yeah, it's good because what I don't—I I love the idea of a Dr. Pepper slushy, and that's why mm-hmm. I like when I do drink sodas. I like to freeze them for, like, 45 minutes to get that kind of slushiness. But if you go get it from the slushy machine, it's been, like— churning you know yeah. and like they've been they've been ruining the dr pepper base it takes out like the the carbonation and it makes it flat tasting but this is like uh it's obviously like an ice cream it's like creamier but it mm-hmm. tastes like dr pepper like it tastes exactly like dr pepper and not like a flat dr pepper so it really wins mm-hmm. on all fronts and uh, i highly recommend it does your wife does she take dairy pills when she eats how uh, dare dairy? you ask that about someone else's wife <laughs> Yeah, she'll take dairy pills. Yeah, it yeah. Helps. Okay. Does yeah. it does it help? It does, but uh, it depends what she eats or how much. I guess you know, mm-hmm. like uh, you can only those those pills can only do so much. You know, <laughs> you know, because you you take them right. You and your wife take them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to brag, but I took some about <laughs> half an hour ago. Sweet so, baby. You know, <laughs> what you what you need it for? What you have? We had some uh, like ice cream bars. Yeah, those little Snickers ice cream bars. Oh my god, that's the shit. Oh my goodness! Damn, we don't we don't do like hard ice cream very often, you know. Yeah, but like, Wait, what do you mean hard? Like turgid, like <laughs> <laughs> like we don't we don't do like. Um, sometimes we'll do like frozen yogurt or um, oh, the hard uh, stuff is like ice cream. That you really meant that, like it's yeah, the hard yeah. stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I, I just try to. <laughs> Like, if there's sugar in the house, I will, much like a truffle pig, root it out right. and just, like, devour it. You sure. Know? Uh, especially if I'm staying up late watching a movie, you know, a trend of pregame for this this podcast. Right. I'm like, I, you know, I got 
it's just me in this living room right now and then sitting in the dark like a weird creep. If someone looked in my house, they would just see reflective eyeballs piercing back at them, you know? I'm going to sneak into the ice cream drawer and see what we got going on. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, so, yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll uh, dig in there with a spoon and I'll... I'll come out a different person, Stephen. And, uh, wow, okay. There are often times like that where I forget to take dairy pills. And Uh-oh. One and you shit the price at, at four in the morning, I'll tell you that. <laughs> we have to move houses again, dear. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I but, ruined uh, the bedroom, the bathroom, mm-hmm. the living room, and the kitchen. Yeah. It's like that scene in The, the Shining where the elevator opens up and just blood pours out. <laughs> Uh, what a lovely a, image. Yeah, it's a, having a heavy butt flow is what that's Exactly. That's yeah. lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, all of this to, is good for me, I think, because, you know, we try to, to stumble upon a sync word. But to mm-hmm. me, I actually came in with one today. Oh, and wow. It, and it works for all of this. It works okay. for, for butt flow. It works for, for, for cheersing beverages. And that's uh-huh. the, the cheers they do in the movie, which is skull. Skull. It's like that. S K A L. Skull. 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 Listen, I don't speak Swedish. I okay. I know that one meatball guy. Burska, burska, burska. Exactly. That's the only one I can understand. Burska, burska, burska. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I wondered if you would uh, cheers with me today, sir. Yeah, skull. 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 Yeah. Sounds good, right? Feels skull! good in your mouth. Oh. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> We make that work. All right, cool. Excellent. You want to count us down? <laughs> sure. So we'll say sync with skull on three. One, two, three. Skull. Excellent. <laughs> He's like trying to calm down an argument. Like a couple of heated, <laughs> heated guys at a Waffle House getting ready to start swinging. He's like, starts petting their arms. Oh my God. That would help in that situation, I feel. That would calm people down. I'd be like, wow, I don't know what this guy's doing, but he's working for me. Oh, baby girl. It's okay. Oh my God. so stupid. I can't.